Well, folks, you made it. This is the end. Session 88 of Let's Play the 13th Age. I'd like to thank uh, everyone who listened. I'd like to thank everyone who participated. I'd like to thank uh, Fire Opal Media, Pelgrane Press, uh, our good buddy Wade, uh, everyone who's played in this game uh, once or a thousand times, which would technically be impossible, but boy, it sure feels like a thousand. <laughs> I'd like to thank... Uh myself and I'd like to thank Ironicus and I'd like to thank uh Medibot I'd like to thank Nate and Ix and Jackal and uh Gnome Wolfshirt. and Poor Weather and Wolfshirt I was getting there definitely Wolfshirt too no, no it's fine yeah, we're all chiming in here I'd like, like to, to thank, thank Agatha opinion. public opinion absolutely public opinion who also uh, appeared in sessions uh I feel very rude. It's not a disrespectful thing. I'm very bad with names right now. The name of the person who does the music. Yeah, it's a hard name to remember. Among but others. I definitely right? like to, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, uh, like, didn't uh, D.W. O'Boyle do some before and stuff? D.W. O'Boyle? Let's see. There's also... Let me pull up my list. I'd like to thank Kategory for some of the art and all our other fan artists, which oh, we yeah, have a Ash. lot of... Ash is cool. Yeah. yeah. Definitely big shout outs Mara to Ash. And Clove. Tamara, yeah. John Donovan Liver. John Liver. I'm glad we're getting yeah. these all out of the way before we even start Before we start playing the game, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've, I, I feel like I want everyone to have to listen to us thinking, everybody. I feel like I set us down an important, but maybe a uh, uh, side direction path. Hey, that's fine. It was <laughs> yeah. okay. Here's what, chop this out and put it at the end. Yeah. No, I leave no, it here. No. Leave it Make here. <laughs> I just want credits. everyone to know. We just want everyone to know. We love you very we love much. You. We love you. We love you for listening to our campaign. There's possibly, there's proxy. These are musicians, mm -hmm. by the way. Okay. Mm -hmm. and, and, and there are more who did them for bonus feats, which I hope you've also been listening to. You should, yeah. Just and if They're not, great. now's a great time to start, huh? Yeah. yeah. Ain't getting any more of this. But not right now. You still have a, you still have one more game to listen to. Yeah. Okay. So, you got more, there's more content. So uh, we rejoin our heroes after they have just defeated the greatest uh, uh, threat to the age, a fourfold apocalypse, and cast the Lord of Devils uh, beyond oblivion. To heaven, actually. Which, yes, which is just on the other side of Oblivion, if, if you look at the map. <laughs> if you'll excuse my indulgence for a moment, Ironicus, can you give us a sound clip of the Lord of Devils as he thought he was arriving in the deepest pits of hell and then arrived in heaven instead? Okay. <laughs> Those fools. I was made here. I was forged here. I will be back. <laughs> wait. Wait, what the fuck? What the fuck? Welcome, friend. Have a harp. Let me affix these golden wings upon your back. Would you no. like a peach? All is forgiven. You don't have to have a peach. Everyone loves everyone here. Nobody's edgy. So Shadow the Hedgehog doesn't exist. We, understand we only got the upset. first three Sonic games here. Welcome to the most milk toast place in the universe. Oh. There's a disco on Tuesdays. That, we have the Fast and the Furious series, though. You can be the Lord of Hugs. Up here, we can call you by your original name, Lloyd. The Lloyd <laughs> of Devils. <laughs> no! 
Lloyd DeVille is here. Actually, this whole conversation was in character, which is interesting. Rip would have known his name, so we're all riffing off of that now. <laughs> <laughs> Lloyd yes. DeVille. In retrospect, I should have seen it coming. We, we didn't have our post-battle, final battle, like, oh my god, we survived. Everybody hug the person next to you, so I hug Margaret and Agatha. I hug Scarlet and Rip, and I use uh, my superpower, we are all one. We all heal to full and recover a daily. Actually, Bella just goes around and hugs everyone. Uh, oh, yeah. So she, she comes over here, she hugs Mint, he's the first to her left, and then she hugs uh, Agatha, and pets Agatha a whole bunch. She loves Agatha, actually. Her and Agatha, <laughs> good good pals. They have um, canasta nights. <laughs> excuse me? Canasta nights. Well, I don't know what that means, Nav, but come here. We did it. I've taught you how to play canasta like eight times. <laughs> yeah, but I'm usually drunk, so I always forget. Margaret That's... extends her hand in hand in the hope that it will stop what's happening. Doesn't work. Everybody hugs Margaret all at once. <laughs> yeah, can actually, the many is still holding Scarlet Bella... and Rip walks over and hugs Margaret. <laughs> yeah, Bella gives Margaret. In fact, everyone get in here. Big, big hug. Oh, Big group yeah. hug. Get over Everyone, your skeleton. Gilder Goldenbrass comes over here and he kind of has to stay on the outside <laughs> and maybe just hug like Rip. No! <laughs> he hugs Rip really tightly. <laughs> get over here. Come on in here, Mint. Let's go. Oh. If I must. Thank you, Mint. We actually did it. That was nice. Good job, everybody. That, that was nice. Yeah, good hustle out there, everyone. <laughs> See you next team. mission, am I right? Should we go home now? I would yeah, love yeah, that, nothing be, more in the world. That'd be good. Okay. Yeah, Where is home? We're all looking pretty worse for the wear. Uh, uh, our Equinox, you know. Well, for some of for you. you. Mm. Maybe. Are you going back to Equinox, Scarlet? But my family's there. Should that we, makes sense, I guess. Shouldn't we return to the capital and report all this since that's originally where this started? <laughs> They'll figure it out. Yeah. I don't give a crap what the Empire thinks right now. That's... I mean, when they get there, they're going to see a pristine crystal chapel, so what else is there to explain? That says it all. I'm disappointed that's that we've true. gone through this whole adventure and you don't think any better of the Empire, Scarlet. That's... You know, I mean, I they think... actively got worse throughout. Yeah, yeah. You realize that they were closely allied with the guy who just tried to kill us and the entire world. I mean, it's the it's the spirit of the thing, you know. The Empire's ideals were never tarnished, even though you know there might Margaret? have been some mistakes in hey, administration. Margaret. Yeah. Shut up and get in the van. Let's Don't go tell home. Me to shut <laughs> Margaret reluctantly it was said. It said in a loving way. Margaret reluctantly climbs the gaudy, uh, the gaudy carpet and steps. <laughs> There's a carpet and everything. It's like a red carpet. What's There's even music red? playing for us. It's like, it's like a recording of a symphony, and it's very victorious. Also, there, also, does one of the cannon shoot confetti? Bella could be playing us a song, but she thought it would be cooler if. Uh, it'd be a bigger surprise if Martha flew in and played it on the speakers, mm -hmm. and it's a song that she wrote. It's a recording of a performance she played before. I guess part of that's the consideration that, you know, there was no guarantee that she would make it through, but if anyone made it through and, and Martha came by to pick, pick them up for the victory run, they'd still be this song yeah. that's 
composed by by Bella. That's their victory theme. She's she's very glad that there were no casualties on casualties on our side, though. Of so course. looking out over uh, this, what what was a gash and is now merely a, a scar, a fault line uh, through the red wastes, Scarlet. What do you think about this victory that's so hard won? I'm just glad it's over. I finally know what I want to do with my life. I'm ready to just uh, head home and start my new start a new chapter and be and be the best dang wizard ever. Now that you have all that adventuring shit out of the way. Now it's time to become reclusive in a tower for like 2,000 years. (laughs) No, I'm not that kind of wizard. I learned that from the Archmage. I don't want to be locked in a room like that guy. So Navarone. Ask me last. uh, I'll get you later. (laughs) (laughs) So catch you later. Catch you on the flip side, my soul brother. So the many, while this is a victory party, you failed in your quest. Yeah. There were so many, too. There were like five gods here, and I failed to eat any of them. Sorry we didn't let you eat god, dude. (laughs) But nothing uh, personal. You're still cool. Yeah. Yeah, we are. But that's plenty of gods you can eat. You're going to be around a while. Manifold, unfortunately. Manifold. There's plenty of gods you can eat that that we haven't spent years trying to save. That also didn't literally create us. Yeah. Stop. No, it's alright. Stop. It's alright. Stop. Manifold. Yeah. The Lich King, who you and I hate, made you to be a consumer. Are you a consumer or are you a community? A little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Mm. Mm. We're working on the community bit. Now that there are. I think we're running out of things to consume, actually. The world's a little bit of a mess. Uh, you all can go on the battle van. We'll stay here. We've got some cleaning up to do. Oh, so the many is staying behind in the in the wastes. Yeah, the many I... has business in the wastes. All right. By cleaning up, it probably means eat everything, right? Just you know, expand until there's nothing more. What? 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 <laughs> Who has some goodbyes to say to the many? Or I guess first question is anyone else staying? Nav is a little too disappointed for goodbyes and just gets on the battle van. Nav ends up being less of like a like nightmare abomination than Margaret suspected, so she gives it a respectful nod, you know. I mean, we're still a little bit of that. I mean, it's the many does not blame like, Margaret for any negative feelings whatsoever. Don't read too much of this nod, of you know. It's just a nod. <laughs> we're, we're not getting married here. <laughs> God, I hope what? not. That's be so many reasons. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the many will all of you marry I... me I have seven rings in hand oh, that's not oh, enough no. that's not enough <laughs> yeah unfortunately yeah. well it took 88 sessions but the, that's the end of our shaggy dog story um, <laughs> Bella, Bella waves goodbye to the many um, she kind of like individually waves to like each hand that's waving back like as if they are individually different, you know. So, she kind of, kind of waves uh, 
to kind of the whole of the many oh. and uh, they takes a bow it. because, you know, she she does feel uh, like, you know, the, the many was always an, like an acquaintance and an ally and stuff, but it came out in that last fight that she was one of the people that the many respected, uh, like, the most, and that was really flattering to her. And she realized that she had she had some respect for the many too. So she's you know saying saying goodbye. Here's a question I'd like to know the answer to. With the many and Scarlet splitting up, what happens to Clarissa? Are you Scarlet asking Are you asking us to explain it all? Because <laughs> uh, that's up to Scarlet. The many has already given her up as a part of the community. She's part of Scarlet's community now. If Scarlet wants to give her back, the many will accept her. But well, I would like to keep Clarissa as a token. Yeah, if it if it didn't come up, that's just how it would have happened. The many isn't going to ask for her. All right. Okay. And uh, Scarlet not caring about the monstrosity thing is going to give many one last bye hug. Say thank you for everything. Thanks for opening my eyes to uh, whole new possibilities and for being such a good ally and friend to us. I look forward to the next time we meet. Your eyes were already open. I just had to show you where to look. And you get a big hug Aww. back. Agatha follows Nav, but with one fleeting last glance back at the many. Zenny, the greatest skeleton who survived the last encounter with the Lord of Devils, gives a stiff salute and also follows Nav. Gilder Golden Brass runs up for an enthusiastic handshake, and it, well... Yeah. In the end, Gilder will probably continue speaking throughout the rest of this and only just barely get back on the airship <laughs> at the last second. Uh, Margaret, you have successfully defended uh, the entire civilized world, even the civilizations you don't like very much. Well, you know, unfortunate things do but happen. But the em- <laughs> But <laughs> the empire still stands I, strong. I'm just joking. Of course, you know, I've learned lessons that, you know, some- There might be some other civilizations and people in the world more like, you know, with their yeah, own- That sounds so sincere. Their own merits. Margaret glances down at the journal of the, uh, that she was using for earlier of the founder of the empire. And, you know, she ponders how the Empire has probably moved somewhat somewhat away from its original ideals, and she, you know, she wonders if the, you know, the, the, the catastrophe this is, uh, this is all caused will cause any change in that, or if it will remain the same, but she does not feel it is her place to try to change it herself. Or, and, but she wonders if, you know, what will happen in the future. This, this um, is a time of crisis. This is a time when change is more possible than uh, any other sort of situation. Mm-hmm. If there's any time to make the change, now's the time. Margaret is just a, you know, she is just a soldier. She is no, she is no politician, no great visionary. She does not know how she would. Margaret, you're not a soldier. You're what? a hero. That's those are two. Well, <laughs> Margaret. <you know>. Bella <laughs> reaches. <laughs> Bella reaches out to Margaret and, and says, uh, "You always have a home with your people." That's. That's the worst thing you could possibly have said. <laughs> no, it's not. I. You know, you care about me and you care Margaret. about us. Aww. Oh, Rip is, like, on, over, is doing this like extremely overdone. Look. Margaret's face turns red and she scowls a bit. 
I think Margaret makes a promise to herself to never ever pay taxes to the Elf Queen, no matter what happens. <laughs> no matter what, no taxes will ever that, be paid. That great empire tradition of For... tax evasion. <laughs> exactly. Frith understands. He's an honest imperial For... citizen. Yeah. He gets it. <laughs> I uh, I don't know. You know, for all for all you've done uh, preventing the apocalypse, and also for all the work you've done under Equinox, probably earned some kind of tax break, right? I'll have to look into it. <laughs> Jokes on them! I haven't I paid haven't, my taxes. In I haven't decades. been officially coronated. Or I haven't been officially coronated as the Elf Queen yet. I'm only just like, a, like, like physically and literally the Elf Queen, but like people don't know it yet. So I still gotta go take care of that. But yeah. I'll get back to you when I when I read about tax evasion. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> I'm just glad if we you... got the job done in the end of the day, that we, you know, we put things right, <laughs> and now things can go on as they were, relatively okay, speaking. I'm gonna put, Scarlet's going to put her arm around Margaret and say, hey, if you ever want to train that magic of yours, <laughs> you'll get a free ride at my school. The what? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, Scarlet. Margaret, Margaret, look, yeah, I'll give yeah. you a really fancy piece of tech that doesn't actually do anything, and you can just say it's tech when it's actually magic. It's okay. Are you no calling me a liar? No, but you could be. <laughs> I'm calling you a potential liar. <laughs> Would you like to be a liar? Yeah. Here's the potential okay, liar I see here. great potential in you to fucking be a liar. <laughs> if I ever do decide to use magic, and that's an if as big as a skyscraper, because, you know, I have none, I have no, uh, no interest in that business, but you know, I would do yeah, it honestly um, and you know, straightforwardly in the imperial way. None, uh, no subversiveness. Yeah, sure. And then Rip just like does that thing with his like pinky and thumb up to his face and just mouths towards call me. Trust me, the imperial way is not all it's cracked up. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, she decides to review the journal more extensively as the rest of the flight continues and they head back to the Empire while also looking at the countryside to see, you know, the extent of the devastation and, you know, what has what has survived and what has been irrevocably changed. Also, has the ocean gone back to being normal or do we have to go put that back? No, uh, not quite. <laughs> no, you, uh, you consumed the thing that tamed the ocean. Hmm. Yeah, we've, we've kind of left a bunch of problems behind at this stage. I didn't really think about that. Well, we had to fix create them. some problems in order to solve the worst problem ever. That's true. I guess someone will have to tame the ocean again, so you know, all I can be do, the, do is be ready for when that time comes. Yeah, we're fixing some other problems over here, so the ocean would take us a very long time to get to. This is the many speaking there. of the royal way. I, so, <laughs> if you guys could figure out something else at the ocean, that'd probably be better. As long as there are enemies of the Empire, you know, there will always be work for me. Okay, so that brings us to Mint. Mint, what are your thoughts having achieved something uh, and all the other small things that, that changed you along the way? You, you went to the moon and came back and found yourself yeah, mixed yeah. up sort of accidentally and sort of by fate with, with this incredible quest. What do you think right now? Well, you know, everyone else has been sort of talking to each other for a while. I haven't really been listening to them at all. I've been, you know, I, I finally figured out sort of the last step of the thing I was trying to figure out. So I've actually got my my little notebook that I keep with me 
open up and sketch it out. Okay, so I, I can route power through here, and then yep, yep, and then that'll that'll reflect through there, and that yeah, yeah, that should be the be the last thing I need. That should that should be good. Yeah, that should, that should pretty much take care of it. Okay, and I put my notebook away. All right, well, you know, we got that. Hey, uh, Bella, quick question for you. What's up, man? Um, so you're you're basically the elf queen now. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Um. That's me. How, like, is that is that official as of now? Official as of like, basically, we have to jump through a little more hoop, and then it's like officially official. Uh, like I have a coronation that I have to do for like everyone to like know that I am the elf queen but it's just uh, basically for the political half of being the elf queen um, in, in terms of my magical ability there's nothing I'm inheriting I have it so like I mean, okay, but like if you yeah. wanted to perform some official government action we gotta wait yeah. until after the coronation for that yeah you'd have to yeah Okay, remind. I'm making me. a list though, so if yeah, if you need the, I got ta I got checking in a tax evasion here for Margaret, little like, tax exemptions. Uh, okay. I can write something down for you too, of course. Yeah, just what do you just need? um, yeah, just uh, you know, it, it it might take a little while to explain, so just ask ask me once once you're ready to to go for it. Okay, so just, you don't want me to... I, I'm going to need just a little favor. Okay, well, I'll just, I'll just note of... down that I, I got to speak to you later about a favor. That way yeah, I won't yeah, forget. Yeah, that'll, that'll be good. Okay. Yeah, we can leave that till right at you the end. You got it. Um, yeah, that should be good. Do you like the carpet I installed in the van? I do. I was wondering where that came from. Yeah, I, I just, you know... Sort it's of... it's pretty flashy. It's comfortable, too. Bella's, Bella's yeah. barefoot because, every, you know, she's tired and they're relaxing. She's kind of like rubbing her, making uh, fists with her toes. <clears throat> so, Yikes! Well, diehard, well, diehard reference, folks. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, yeah. So, so I, that's we get we got all that sorted out, and I think I got all of. Uh, all, so that should that should be good. Yeah. No, this is good. I think my good. new plan is good. I'm glad. I'm happy to happy to help I'm however sure. I can. I'm sure, you're gonna go on to do great things, man. Why would you even say that? Because <laughs> I, I know you will. Right, but like, what What made you feel the need to say that? Because you're my friend and I think you're a good person who does great things. Did, and did you think that I so. didn't believe that I wouldn't do things? <laughs> and Mint. therefore needed to hear that? Meant. It's an affirmation. Think about what you're saying. That's what, that's... That's all I ask from you, is that words mean things. Scarlet, words mean things. Here, let me take a shot at this. Hey, Mint. Yeah, hey, it's tough guy. It's been an honor fighting with you. Hey. Yeah. Not too bad yourself, tough guy. Yeah. And that's how it's done. Uh. <laughs> oh, um, actually, I was probably going to ask uh, Bella, because uh, I have plans obviously to open my own school of magic and I think I might need help from the elf queen doing that let's, let's schedule a time to talk about that in the future yep I'll you're not even queen that down. yet politically and you still need a team of secretaries <laughs> like, I know <laughs> seriously 
That's fine. I've got I've got a whole roll of sheet music here to take notes. So Vela, while you're you're you seem to be thrust into adjusting to your new life immediately after uh, uh, facing down the barrel <laughs> of death. What what's <laughs> clear that what's I don't going get on in your rest. mind right now? <laughs> I'm sorry. I've got all these I've got all these notes here. I've got a lot of business I need to take care of. Um, it's a lot. I mean, it's overwhelming. Uh, I don't really know. I know what the future will hold um, in the most, like, on paper sense. You know what I mean? I know it's coming up, but, like, I don't, I don't even, I'm nervous about my coronation. I, I'm, I just, what, what am I going to say? Uh, people, as far as, as far as my people are concerned, they don't even know that the former elf queen has been deposed. Um, I mean, I have a lot ahead of me to take care of. Um, so that's kind of overwhelming. I'm a little bit nervous about that. Um, <clears throat> I'm also thinking about getting back to, to my girlfriends. And uh, I thought you said you married. Oh, you were engaged. Well, right. we're engaged, yes. Still letting um, the plan too. Yeah, exactly. So I've got a lot. I think the technical there. term is a fancy. A fancy? <laughs> is that, is that what I think that's a it? very outdated term. No, I just call her my. I just call her my girlfriend. I can call her my fiance. I could call her the elf. Oh, I guess uh, I've only honorary. ever heard that word. Okay. <laughs> well, I'll call her. You know, my fancy. Probably um, gonna have to move away from Equinox Matter to. Oh. Alice. I got you, Nav. I get you. Yeah, it's uh, it's actually wink. fiance. Wink, 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 wink. They're just wink winking. One more time than you. Yeah, I was winking doing like counterclockwise. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I think I think it's I think we're gonna I think we're gonna hold off on our wedding for a while. We're in no hurry, and there's a lot ahead of us. So, um, probably plus also me. Becoming the elf queen and then getting married right away is probably going to be weird. There's not really much uh, precedent for the elf queen getting married. Plus, so you can't have a royal coronation and a royal wedding like in the same week. I mean, like you could have them at the same time if you were like tacky, but uh, that's I'm going to do this right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take these things one thing at a time, and we'll we'll get to it when we get to it. Well, Nonetheless, needless to say, there's a lot on my mind. I also have to take care of a lot of business at Equinox. I have to maybe consider passing that off to somebody, unless uh, you know that becomes a uh, place of my throne. But that'd be just ridiculous, right? Equinox so, is too small for something like that. It's so too far much away, of a. And it's pretty yeah, remote. But it's my home. <sighs> a lot of decisions to make. Mm -hmm. Anyone else want to favor while I'm at it? Just the uh, since I'm taking them down here, I, I'll grant everyone one just just on paper favor right now. Of course, you're always in my good graces. Can but, you get me uh, some free tickets to Grand Handsome? Honey, <laughs> buddy, my friend, my small, my my Bella pinches Rip's cheek. My my sweet friends. Yeah, whom I've known Only for Bella so long. Only Bella knows where Rip's cheeks are actually located. <laughs> Rip's, uh, Rip's beautiful, glimmering eyes now. Rip's beautiful, glimmering eyes. Oh, that's right. Your helmet's gone. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, so it's a lot it's okay. easier to see. But can we really see his cheeks, or is it just two beautiful eyes in a continuing field of red? Well, he's beard? also not wearing pants, so it's usually a lot easier to see his cheeks than you'd imagine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, pinch his cheeks then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pinch him. Uh, Rip, no. Hey. That's that's the favor he wants now. No, it's not. Bella, if I can offer a little bit of advice for. Sure, why not? What you what, got for me with all your experience you s- as a former elf queen? Well, yeah, just, just hear me out. How do you prepare for a show? How do I prepare for a show? Uh, well, usually Rip and I get drunk the night before. Um, Rip has entirely too much. I have a, uh, I have a moderate amount, um, a sensible amount. That way, I don't wake up with a hangover. And Rip somehow doesn't either. I don't know. Screen, so. I don't know how you hold your your liquor so well, but it's well. It's I would have said I'm immune to headaches, but Gilder <laughs> that's true. That a few minutes ago. So. That's true. I'll challenge you a drinking contest when we get home. Let's see what happens. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> now, right that have, uh, now that you don't have now that you don't have what's his name screaming in your ear. That guy. I don't even remember. Gilder. Uh, <laughs> Mercury. Pluto. Who? That's the one. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I would say just treat this like it's the biggest show of your life. Okay, well, I probably shouldn't get drunk before my coronation, but <laughs> yeah, nonetheless, don't, no, that's nonetheless, you, you the advice the first, holds some sure. water, and I appreciate it, Scarlet. Thank you. <laughs> hey, Bella, can I be the? Can I be your best man at the at the coronation? Do they have those? No, not even uh, remotely. But nonetheless, <laughs> I'll find a place for you. Nice. Find the seat where he can sit and look I mean, important. You're the elf queen. You can kind of like determine what happens there. That's sure. <laughs> uh, true. Does Rip get a cushy job? He's gonna end up in as a duke. Palace. If he wants one. <laughs> do you yeah. rip Smolder Boulder? Sure. I'll, I'll do yeah, but it's spelled D-U-C, so it can be three letters. <laughs> <laughs> duke Smolder Boulder. <laughs> Jesus. So, uh, okay. speaking of Rip, that does bring us to Rip. Rip. Uh, hey, your How's your king uh, is now lost to time. Uh, your uh, yeah. quest is over. Your your best friend, who you've traveled with, now kind of has a big job and probably won't be able to tour as readily. This this is a big time of yeah. change in your life. What are you thinking right now, Rip? Well, I've been thinking. Which is kind of a novel concept yeah, for yeah, me yeah. Own, <laughs> if we're being honest. Uh, I got a little bit of work to do. I got I got some stuff to make. Uh, do you want to... Do you know what you're going to make? Are you going to tell us? Yeah. Or I sure it's do. It's a secret. Okay, well, no, I, I hope we'll get to check in with that later. He's I didn't know make you were secrets. a craftsman, Rip. I'm, I am. I mean, I'm a dwarf. He's I'm been making sure. an instrument since he started. Wasn't so, that like his concept that he was yeah. an instrument maker originally, or something like that? I mean, who do you think built this armor? This horrible clanging mess that I've been wearing for the last several years, and probably really needs to be washed. Perhaps. But I feel like I'll probably find a nice workshop somewhere. Maybe a, you know, maybe I can rent out some space, you know, in the Queen's Woods. So, Rip, I had another question. How is it more important to you that you defeated evil and and saved the the living world, 
Or is it more important that you did so with a clear mind? As Rip solely. It's good to be back. That's all I can say. Um, Are you worried you'll lose with your inspiration now that Mercury is gone? You kidding me? You think I had any inspiration? Any of that? And I wasn't just hollering wildly? That's, I don't know. I assumed there was some deeper meaning to it. <laughs> there was no meaning to anything he said to me. It was just well, pure anger, and I'm done with it. And I got work to do. Any inspiration that I got from that, I can have with also having the ability to focus. The inspiration was in spite of Mercury, not because of Mercury. Yes, exactly. I feel pretty good. I feel better than I've felt in years. Maybe Mercury wasn't your one unique thing after all. I mean, it was pretty (laughs) damn unique. That's... (laughs) Not a lot of people have an angry moon ghost screaming in their head. Can I just say that... uh... Probably may not be now, but I'm sh- I think that Scarlet would offer everyone jobs at her magic school, except for Bella, obviously, who's got joking. A lot to do. It's just hey, they need they need a vice principal who gives everyone strict detention sentences. <laughs> yeah. Navarone, you sweet child, you four-year-old boy, who uh, struck out and deposed your father figure of sorts and saved the world from the fear of death uh what do you do now that you've uh had a hand in several icons uh uh biting the big one i i ran out of poetry there at the end well first off i appreciate the poetry i liked it a lot so we're back on the battle van nav is going to go cross over to a big purple upholster chair in the back that's the only place it would fit. It has too many wings on it. <laughs> and Nav sits down, steeples his fingers, probably, like, just pets Agatha. Maybe pets the skeleton, too. <laughs> Doesn't pet Gilder. <laughs> and then, looks like he's about to say something, and then hastily pulls out a handkerchief from his coat and coughs loudly, roughly into it. And you see some purple blood before he stows it back in his coat. And then he addresses the party, minus the many, and asks, Did you ever wonder why I became a necromancer and stopped being a fighter? A practitioner of the blade, you might say? I guess, I mean... I guess it's something that we've thought about before. I'm sure I... I'm sure we've thought about it. Well, the Lich King killed me. And then I killed the Lich King. And ever since, I've been slowly burning up the Lich King's necrotic powers to remove them from the world slowly but steadily. And kind of keeping myself alive in a sort of demented puppet relationship. And then I pull out a pocket watch and look at it and say, I'm going to die soon. I'm going to burn up the last of this necrotic energy for good and remove the taint of the former Lich King forever. But I think I have, yeah, I think I have time for a few questions if anyone has anything to ask. Did you do this on purpose? I had to get rid of the Lich King somehow. Hmm. Surprisingly noble. More than I would have expected. 
Ever since I escaped from the Lich King, my stated purpose in life has been to enjoy life. And then it evolved to be to ensure that others can enjoy life without the threat of undeath and eternal servitude. What will happen to the other undead? They will continue my work of seeking out imprisoned undead and freeing them. R perhaps removing cruel necromancy from the world entirely. Margaret's surprisingly impressed. What about your your sister? Brian will be fine. I've discussed this with her. What's she what's she up to now? Does she Brian, carry on work I believe, of her is own? currently traveling the world helping people. That's there are good. a lot of people to help in the age, I suppose. It's true, a lot of people are gonna need help these days too. I suppose I have a question. Yes. <clears throat> How about one last drink for old time's sake? Sure. What's the strongest shit you got? <laughs> uh, uh, well. <clears throat> Do you have anything that's like jet black absinthe? I was actually just about to say, um, Tran uh, filled. Well, let's see here. Hold on. Let's crack open this uh, little uh, kind of kind of wine cellar kind of kind of thing that Tran uh, packed for them back when uh, back when they made the battle van it's uh honestly it's not even really come up before it's been there and Bella's known about it but there was never really a good time to crack into it and it was some of the it was already some old ass spirits that they found in the manor so there's probably a little bit uh probably a little bit haunted but <clears throat> she reaches in there and pulls out May something. I see the label? Oh yeah, of course. She hands it over to, uh, to Nat. I look at the label of this jet black beer that spirits that may not have originally been jet black and I read out The Wizard King. Oh. Ooh, vintage. It's hard to say if it was named for him or if it was one of his private stash, but either way, <laughs> it's rather... It's rather poetic. <clears throat> it's very fitting. Well, I'll pour myself a glass. I'll pour everybody a glass. Bella has a seat and next to next to Nav. Kind of familiar positions to uh, the many, many times they've gone out drinking before because Nav and Bella have been long-time drinking buddies um, since uh, since this campaign has begun. And uh, absolutely, many actually, bars have barred them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They've had lots of uh, lots of drinking contests, and Bella's lost most of them. <laughs> you can't beat death. You can't, except for that one time. That one time. That one time. That was some weird grape shit, though. I don't caught into that. <laughs> it's true. They didn't anyway. have the stuff. They didn't have the stuff you wanted. Everybody has a glass. I'd like to propose yes. a toast, of yeah. course, to life. A toast to life. I will toast life, as well. Life. To the future. To the future. To the future. To Nav. Yeah? To... That's just one of my toasts. To you. Uh, oh, Margaret to Nav. To, I thought he... Yeah, yeah, to, to Nav. Oh, I... To Navovundesfuel <laughs> Yvonne Tytrake Dragon Novakis. She toasts. 
Nav literally wipes a tear from his eye because that's the most touching thing that's ever happened that yeah, Margaret would try that. Basically. Navarone has finally yeah. won in Margaret's respect. A nod back. Well, then I drain my glass. And we'll just go around the circle here. Goodbye, Scarlet. Glad to have met you. Goodbye, Rip. See you another time, Nav. Goodbye, Margaret. You made the world a better place. She shakes his hand. Goodbye, Mint. Thanks for helping me out. Mm. Goodbye, Bella. Goodbye, buddy. She gives him a really big hug. And then Nav just kind of sits back in his big comfy chair and closes his eyes. And then you hear something. (laughs) It's a heartbeat. Bella recognized it because she held the source of it for a while. Yeah. It's coming from Nav's chest. Um, Bella leans in to investigate it, <clears throat> recognizing it, of course, as uh, the cube that she once uh, slammed directly into his chest back in the uh, escape from the hellhole. It seems there's been another lovely loophole in the fabric of reality in that this was originally Priene's heart. So, it did not die with the rest of Nav. Thump, thump. <clears throat> Bella, Bella wonders if it's, uh, if it's moral for her to take it. That'd be kind of gross, wouldn't it? Shouldn't, gotta get in there. Couldn't you, you bring it back to the end? She might know what to I mean, do with it. You know, maybe. Yeah. Um, Bella, Bella carefully extracts the, the cube uh, Nav's, Nav's own heart. It actually comes out a lot easier than you expect. It's not really too gross. It's not like a... Yeah, it's... Uh, it's a little, like a little hatch that opens. Basically. A soul hatch. As this solemn task is, is being uh, undertaken, and as you wonder what this means, what it might mean in the future, uh, Battle Van sails over the... Uh, broken body of Du Four, the last of the Zorigami, and with the last of their number falling, you know that it is the one uh, truest sign that the 13th age has come to a close. After the day of fire and blood, two weeks after uh, the wound in the world healed itself, two weeks after, we find Margaret uh, journeying to Axis, accompanied by Audriel. Uh, just outside the city gate, uh, they enter together 
uh, from the harbor where they sailed there uh, by day and night. Uh, Audriel once again on a ship with her captain. Uh, inside, they see the city at perhaps its most militarized. Uh, this is where the cleanup actions of the, the scattered demons and devils with their uh, leadership cast beyond the deepest pit. Uh, now it, it's time for the, the forces of order and uh, civilization to drive the, the rabble back and uh, make the world safe for, for average Joes again. Uh, so it's it's bustling. It's it's fully mobilized. The uh, the froyo is being rationed. Unfortunately, we, we can't have everything <laughs> in these stressful times. Yeah, there are people who turn and look at uh, Margaret. There are people mumble, mumbling under their breath as they sort of like slap the arm of whoever they're standing next to. Uh, you can tell that everyone's trying to look at you, but nobody wants you to see them trying to look at you. Margaret mutters, mutters to herself with this pleased expression and goes over to Audriel. Uh, she uh, she suggests that after they dock, they take like a more discreet route for the city so they won't raise any fuss. She doesn't want any there to be any like you know misunderstandings or anyone mm-hmm. to you know get too excited. Uh, She's just, just just done her job here. There's nothing uh, nothing really you know exceptional going on. As you turn back, you see uh, Amy Allweather, star reporter, with oh dear. Uh, in hand a copy of the story she wrote up about you and all your compatriots. Uh, yeah, uh, I hit press just before everything uh, hit the fan. Uh, it took a while because I had to describe all your faces to a sketch artist. Uh, I think they got the likeness close enough. <laughs> would, would you mind signing? Margaret's going to need to have to, you know, uh, scar herself later so she's no longer recognized publicly. Uh, but for the meantime, uh, she... Margaret doesn't sure what the concept of signing is. She... Uh, um, your, your, your name, your mark, just... I. Oh, you mean regular this- signing? I thought this was some sort of weird press thing where you know, like, I'd have to... Margaret eyes the water adjacent to the boat uh, as a possible escape route as she speaks uh, to... An uh, autograph. An au- this... Oh. I'm, oh, I see. I know, like, my, sure, selfishly, my my career is made forever, but this bit, in, in the places this uh, uh, broadsheet reached, it gave hope, it gave... Yes, yes, you don't have to sell it to me. I'll, I'll sign your thing. You can... Oh. Yes, 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 ma'am. Yes. She, Margaret, okay. takes out her, takes a quill from this woman, and she makes her, uh, her rough mark upon the paper. Um, honestly. She, she walks away sheepishly. Please disperse. I have important, I have business to attend to. We're here for an important reason, not to. You know, citizens, back to your homes. Remain, like, please be calm. Or, like, order has been restored. Everybody hurriedly uh, uh, gets back to what they were doing and and doubles down even more on pretending like they have no idea who, who you are. Margaret nods to uh, herself in a pleased fashion, but still still suggests to Audriel that they should take a uh, alter- like a subtle passage through the city rather than risk any more fuss. Okay. Audriel consults her, uh... uh 
Axis Atlas and uh, finds a, a route that avoids uh, major streets. It, it's mostly back roads and residential stuff. Mm. So uh, you, you see various street urchins and, and such, but they don't notice you. They probably don't that's read good. the papers. That's, that's as it should be. Life was simple when there were no papers. Uh, as they are going on, Margaret is going to say a few things to Audriel, uh, who she you know, will yeah. sort of get the attention of. Uh, yes, Captain? You, do, you don't have to call me that anymore, you know. The, the, the adventure is over. It's, it's, there's really no need. Oh, whatever you say, Captain. <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm, I'm doing it because I choose to. That's... <laughs> you, you did leave that option open. sense of deja vu here. Audriel, I wanted to, I wanted to say something to you, just for, just briefly, while we're, while we're here. Uh, ab- absolutely, what is it? I, you know, you, you, you worked on, uh, worked under me for quite a long time during all that, you know, I'm not quite sure of the specifics, but I feel like I'm not sure I quite deserved it. I think we saved you from something, from, we, it's all a bit of a blur at my age, you understand? Uh, absolutely. Uh, uh it, it was a joy working under you and on loan to Ms. Canto. Mm. Uh, excuse me. Her, her Majesty the Queen. Still getting used to that. I know that I was initially a bit skeptical about your profession and a bit, uh, a bit rude, but you know, I, I hope you've, I hope we, we came to an understanding about that. And I wanted to apologize if I ever took you for granted during all of this, because you know, I know I've never been exactly dutiful. I'm not really used to your sort of, uh, your sort of business. And, uh, you know, I wanted to make sure that there were no, uh, I wanted to make sure you didn't feel unappreciated by me in that regard I, uh, I, I could tell when I, I met your compatriots that you were not used to competency yes I understand mm, that's that's, uh, a, that's a very good my, answer my, Margaret nods with my, lots of approval my service was clearly a major change for you mm. well you know I I may not have done I may not have done perfectly but I want you to know that you know you I well Contrary to how I may have behaved, I always appreciated your your aid, and I always appreciated your uh, you know your guidance whenever you had to ferry us about in the old days before we got that bizarre mechanical monstrosity that we now she- now shepherds everyone about. So, you know, it uh it, it was a shame when the Red Fang sank the old girl, but hey, at least I spit in his face and lived to tell the tale. Hmm. Well. What will you do now, now that the, now this is all over? Well, uh, I mean, I suppose I am still caretaker, or uh, that is to say, manager of Equinox. So mm. I've got a job there as long as I want it. But uh, I suppose I'd like to get back to the sailing life. Maybe I can dredge up some of the old timbers, make a, a ship of Theseus, and maybe find... Uh, you know, sail under my own flag. Mm. Well, Bella's a... She seems Miss Cantor, rather. She's a Queen Cantor, rather. Her Highness. Uh, seems, you know, she's a generous sort. I'm sure that if you were wanting for money or coin, she would, uh, you know... She would be happy to lend you some if you, you know, needed oh, to... Oh, I've been drawing quite a salary. The budget mm. has been impeccable. Mm. So it's a matter of principle getting your old boat then, then back. Yeah. That's a budgetary problem. But before you, you know, the the old captain and I, we had quite a relationship. And when she, on her deathbed, prophesied that uh, we would find another, and there you were. But uh, I suppose now that I've learned from the best, 
a little uh, swashbuckling wouldn't be out of the question. You know, in, in these chaotic times before the, the power blocks have solidified, it is the most profitable time to uh, do some shady business on the high seas. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, you know, I won't say I wish you well, because that's, you know, you know how I feel about that sort of thing. But, uh, good luck, I suppose. Try not to get killed. Uh, and what I, what I mean to say is, you know... The great thing about there being uh, very little law on the seas is many things are not technically illegal. That's... Margaret feel like lifts a sneers for a moment, just herself in like, you know... Uh, but then she remembers that who she's talking to is someone who, you know, has been a friend and a companion to her for some time, and she manages to twist it into sort of a an awkward smile before saying, Well, I wish you all the best, Audriel. You know, good luck with any venture, and if you ever want to... If we should ever speak again, I will be happy to host you or whatever as equals. I, I recognize how much effort that took you, and I appreciate it. Uh, but it looks like we're here. Margaret looks devastated uh, that see if she was seen through. She... <laughs> if, she if anybody could. Has she been uh, this transparent this whole time? She wondered so to herself. Uh, so you, you've reached the uh, appointed place uh, that, that was arranged ahead of time. Uh, messages exchanged. You, you are at... Uh, one of the Imperial military offices mm. and you are met at the door surprisingly not by any sort of page or messenger but by the uh, by the Grand Regent of the Empire the, the sole representative that Axis had at the Enclave all, all those many days ago Margaret looks shocked she you know of course immediately lowers her head and you know my lord it's uh in, in the space of a little over a year, you can see that he seems to have aged at least 10. Uh, the, the lines on his face are much deeper. The, uh, his eyes look like they, they've been sleepless for weeks. Mm. And the, the gray smattering on his temples is, is now uh, just inches, inches wide. Governing the Empire must be a heavy burden to hold. Uh, these are trying times, to be sure. Uh, you said you had a report to file about the events of, well, the events. Yes, my lord. As uh, as you instructed us from the uh, from the very beginning, I have accompanied the uh, I accompanied the party all the way through to the final battle, and I have seen, well, more or less everything that has transpired. He holds up his hand to interrupt. No, no. Uh, this report is not to me. It's to my. Uh, Supervisor. He uh, pulls out a a stone-like object, throws it against the ground, and uh, out of the puff of smoke, a portal appears. And he he motions sort of uh, after you to step through it. Margaret possibly having an idea of what's coming. Like, she looks a little nervous, and she straightens out her hair a little bit uh, as she steps through the the portal. Presumably at this point, Audriel will just uh, wave and depart. I'm guessing. Oh, uh, yeah, she she knows her place. She's uh <laughs> she she's your travel buddy. She's not uh, here for this bit. Mark gives her a final salute as she travels through the uh, the portal. Okay, you are uh, instantly transmitted to uh, the throne room of Axis. The uh, boy emperor sits before you. 
uh, sitting uh, grand and proud. Uh, you hear a slight pop behind you as, as the regent enters the portal and then it closes behind him. Uh, in this uh, uh, great room, shining, shimmering with gold and marble everywhere, statues of dragons that uh, seem to be beyond life size, or perhaps they just made them bigger back when these were carved. Uh, there are a few people who seem to have been summoned for, for similar reasons. Uh, representatives from uh, imperial cities uh, uh, across the continent. Uh, some people you recognize only by reputation. Some you've met. One is family. Lorette Stone is here. Margaret drops immediately to her knees as soon as she is in the presence of the Emperor, of course. And this is presumably brings her to eye level with uh, Lorette, who she notices in horror uh, is here and uh, immediately starts uh, looking like uh, immediately her eyes like dash in every direction and she uh, stammers like sort of uh, sort of not sure what she should say to her uh, if she should uh, greet uh, she should greet her eventually she settles to simply talk to address the emperor and says you, you, my your highness I I apologize for my for my presentation here I was not informed in advance Yes, yes. Well, some matters are more important to be delegated, you see. It is something I've learned from my successful reign so far. Uh, that's... Margaret's not gonna, gonna comment particularly on that. Uh, this, this is, of course, the Emperor she's talking to, so everything he says is true by default. Um, she... She says, of course, Your Highness. I understand completely, Your Highness. I hope I've not inconvenienced you. Oh, no, no, absolutely not. I, I've just heard word from uh, the mayor of Concord and from several of my finest generals to the north and to the east. I want us to state uh, of, the, of the emperor's facial hair right now. Let's have this uh, just brief commentary. Wispy. Wispy <laughs> at best. <laughs> uh, yeah, he, he's dressed in the greatest finery. Uh, the, the crown you saw placed on his head uh, back in the campaign's first trip to Axis. Uh, it, it, a second, like, it's now a double-decker crown. Oh. They have put more on it. This is, I'm worried about his back. Is he going to be okay? Because <laughs> it's probably still not fully grown. Yes, uh, I should like to hear from you now that you have arrived. The papers tell me that you had a plan that uh, you and your friends... Uh, chose to enact uh, without much support. Very interesting, very interesting. And this woman here, who the rumor mill tells me you have some acquaintance with, was to tell me about uh, some things the Archmage was doing before his disappearance, but uh, I believe she has to deny she was ever a member of such an organization. But I know so many things. This is indeed my uh, my sister-in-law, Your Highness. Uh, I Margaret is going to ta ta turn to uh, turn to for for a moment and say, uh, "I was not aware that you uh, you were still reporting to the Empire." Uh, well, there's no cream anymore, so uh, I've got information that has to go somewhere, and uh, no Archmage. No magical center of power at all. I mean, it seemed it's, he seemed like the guy. I, I, 
I've, you know, this this might seem rude to say, and I apologize. I, of course, I apologize in advance, but I thought you might have been dead. You know, left you in that pocket dimension or whatever it was originally. And, I mean, you know, emer emergency exits are at their root exits. I got out eventually. Mm. Uh, you, you see that uh, she's given up her creepy mask for, for just sort of a veil situation. Hmm. Whether it's also a creepy veil, I guess, is up to the beholder. You know, some, like, you know, evil symbols on it, like some horns, that sort of thing. <laughs> uh, it, it is plain, uh, it, it's, a it's a plain green veil. Uh, well, yeah, that's, I guess that's respectable enough. Margaret is a bit at ease, so the fat little right is no, not usually not as creepy as usual. Uh, mm -hmm. And also because she is probably more worried about the other the other person in the room at their present. So uh, yeah, yeah. But yes, I I will hear all about your plausibly deniable magic business later, uh, Ms. Stone uh, of formerly of the Grand Military. Oh, I bet you were here. Now we've been doing wonderful things, repelling all the forces of hell. <laughs> I have heard of your great no, deeds, Your Highness. No other emperor can claim such a thing. Yes. That is a true fact. So, yes, tell us, was your quest successful? It was, my Your Highness. We successfully repelled uh, the Crusader turned Lord of Devils at the, uh, along with the Great Gold Worm, <laughs> and we have restored order to the world, uh, to the best of my knowledge. Uh, I see, I see. That is, that is wonderful. I would warn you not to repeat such lies. Uh, the Lord of Devils is simply the grandest of devils. The Crusader died in battle, and that is all there is to that story. He was a hero to the Empire, and that is how he shall be remembered. I understand completely, Your Highness. I, I apologize for misremembering the situation. I, you know, it has been a long exertion, and I have gone many days without sleep. I hope you will forgive me. True, true. I do remember from looking in your record, I do like to prepare for such meetings that uh, courtly matters are far from your expertise, not your forte. Y yes. Margaret is probably struggling a little bit here because, you know, on the one hand, this is the this is the emperor, so she kind of has to be, like, pretty submissive to him. But on the other hand, you know, part of her, like, being probably the motherly part of her, is thinking of this guy seems like kind of a bit of a, a, bit of a twerp, you know? <laughs> so she's... Having trouble reconciling those two feelings at the moment. Yes, uh, I have such grand, grand plans. Uh, our, our armies were so prepared to cross all over the known lands. They were, they were marching and expanding and, and reclaiming that which was ours before these troubles started. You see, a little bit of luck Hi. goes a long way. And I would like to thank you for your small part in our grand uh, uh, victories was of course uh, an honor your highness i i live my life to serve the empire as all citizens do uh i have an offer for you and a gift uh very well he he, he does a curt double clap and uh <laughs> margaret tries not to roll her eyes a little bit she struggles deeply like sweat trickles down her brow as she just she tries to keeps her eyes in place which summons a royal courier to to bring forth uh, this case, this ornate jeweled chest. Uh, oh. 
Uh, everyone who touches the chest is, you know, all white gloves, uh, all the, the greatest pomp and circumstance. There, there is a flourish of horns when it is opened, uh, but the only person to touch it with their skin is, of course, the teenage emperor who picks out a bow of such exquisite construction and uh, such impossible perfection that uh, it, it strikes even at Margaret's heart. This belonged to my great-grandfather, Emperor, during the Twelfth Age, he who slew uh, the seven orc chieftains of the north, he who forged peace with uh, uh, the three and gave them the city of Drakenhall before they stabbed us in the back. Strike that last phrase from the record. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> now I should like to give it to you, for it is said that there is no one with greater skill with such a weapon than Margaret Stone. I am not worthy of such an honor, uh, your, your Highness, still, she says, fearing the possibility of picking up a magic item. Ah, but you see, it is not merely an honor, but an obligation. For to take this is to take your commission and a uh, promotion besides. You would be a grand marshal in the finest military ever to grace the Dragon Empire or any empire that came before it on these lands. Your Highness, I was, but I was, I was dismissed from the military. I, I... I, I dishonored the Imperial Legions. I behaved. I behaved. Uh, I behaved poorly at a diplomatic event. You were dismissed by Kakobi, who has proven himself a fool in the matters of Eridu and other such matters. I am here to correct the mistake. I. I do not know what to say, Your Highness. Say yes, and you will have the grandest bow and the grandest army at your command. I is my Margaret's gonna think about this. For me. Is this like an official position he's offering? Like a I mean, yeah, Grand Marshal is, a, it, yeah, in, in this military, that's real. I Margaret not is just, probably not just for parades. Yeah, Margaret is like obviously, you know, this is a tremendous honor, and she is probably completely floored by this chain of events. But on the same time, she doesn't really. Uh, she not she's not really sure if she is really interested in becoming commander of the empire's military. I mean, she's not really very good at tactics or uh, or mm -hmm. strategy or any anything that was would sort of be required of the position. She's just really good at like shooting people with a bow, uh, and you know, uh, she she is certain that you know on some level the emperor knows uh, knows best what is the best for the empire, and mm -hmm. you know, is a. Uh, because you know, obviously, he is the divinely appointed emperor, and you know the blood of uh, blood of whatever dragons flows in his veins, so he can never be wrong. But at the same time, she she doesn't really want to make the uh, she doesn't really want to do anything to worsen the empire's military situation, and part of her just kind of wants to go home. So, <laughs> so she uh, putting herself in the distinct possibility of being uh, of being immediately executed. Uh, Margaret is going to say that she is. Uh, uh, my, your Highness, I am tremendously grateful for this honor, but I I fear I cannot accept uh, cannot accept the role of Grand Marshal. I am no uh, I am no commander. I am but a simple soldier. My skill lies not in uh, in commanding armies, but in merely firing a bow. So you, if you were to place me in position, I believe I would dishonor you and your legions. 
I, uh, I ask for your forgiveness. Fine. Then you are dismissed, and you shall remain dismissed. Oh. Sh Margaret, uh, you know, part of her looks quite de quite devastated. Part of her is a little bit relieved uh, This uh, that, you know, that she sort of dodged a bullet. But, you know, she was kind of hoping he would at least reinstate her, like, normally about, like, making her become a Grand Marshal. But, you know, sometimes, I guess this is just... This is just politics. Uh, the portal opens up behind you, and uh, as you exit, you hear L Lorette begin to, to speak the story of the last days of Cream. Oh. It's. Well. I mean, Margaret's probably feeling everything a little... past her first few words is cut yeah. off by going through the portal, naturally. Did it sound like a lot of her first few Did her first few words sound like lies? Uh, they sounded like, Your Highness, you must understand. <laughs> it, it's I, impossible to tell. Well, um, having turned down the Emperor and, uh, you know, possibly feeling a, uh, a little jaded by the experience of meeting him, uh, you know, she, she was hoping for, you know, maybe things go a little bit better than that. She's going to look back for, uh, back for Audriel. I already took care of re-provisioning, uh, and uh, so I guess I know where we're headed next, huh? Oh, uh, I suppose so. Uh, I guess it's time to go home. Well, my home. I'm, I'm not sure exactly sure where you- well, I guess you live right by the Queenswood, so we're more or less going to the same place. Roughly. It's on the way. Hmm. Alright then, well, Margaret's going to turn around and take one last, like, sort of a, you know, hesitant, bemoanful look at the Imperial Palace, you know, ponder the idea of, you know, of the Empire, and, you know, it's, it's, you know, the good parts of it, and, you know, it's imperfections that she has uh, been illuminated to thoroughly during the course of this campaign. Uh, but she's also going to remember the words of the journal that she read uh, of the Empire's founder uh, during the final battle, and, of course, uh, when it was originally given by her, even though she originally doubted uh, Slot's intent. And she is going to give one final salute to the Imperial flag over the palace. Three weeks after she returned from the moon, we find Bella Canto once again in court. Uh, the greatest nobles and uh, highest individuals of the elven people are here, uh, having recently buried their dead from the fourfold cataclysm, uh, but now join in a, so uh, a somber and uh, watershed celebration. Uh, the curtains have been drawn back and the sunshine pours in. Uh, everyone glows with uh, the, the light of hope for the future. Uh, where before uh, this amphitheater setup had uh, two aisles dividing the seating into three sections, it is now merely one, which 
uh, is symbolic and also requires a lot of scooting. There's going to be some downsides. <laughs> There'll be lots of scooting. Lots of scooting for those middle seats. <laughs> uh, and at the head of it all uh, stands Bella Canto. Bella, what are you wearing? <laughs> That's a little forward, don't you think? Be- who are you wearing, Bella? <laughs> Goodness. Um, <clears throat> Bella... F- I didn't even think about that. Bella is wearing um, probably just the, the most ridiculously fancy thing you can think of that's still functional, like practical for uh, mm-hmm. a spunky gal like herself. It's probably some kind of iteration on her... Uh, classic outfit i should say a lot more music notes um i'm sure the train is is yards long (laughs) yeah absolutely um but she's not wearing her uh her her hair ornament that she was usually wearing um but yeah there you go that's 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 what she's wearing more or less okay just fancy clothes what are you about to be wearing then (laughs) so <clears throat> um, Bella Bella comes out and and she uh, recites like a really powerful speech, reuniting uh, you know talking about uh, how how important it is to to reunite the um, the all the races of elves. And she says, "Rebuilding our home is not something that will be easy." And now more than ever, it's important for us to stand united as a people and as a family. And in saying that, Bella procures the celestial diadem, which was a crown um, left to her by the former elf queen. Ah, uh, yes. Attentive listeners will recognize this prop. Uh, it was discovered by the rogue elements in the blues treasure hoard and was traded to the old queen uh, as part of their uh it was part of how they bought their way into court uh when they first met her yeah and uh at the time it was missing its gemstone which was as we know it now the heart of the moon this crown was last worn um long before the or shortly before the the split um between the elves and so she felt it was very poetic to use it as a symbol of their reuniting so she um, she procures the heartbeat which is also a piece of the heart of the moon and um, performs a little ceremony to uh, remeld it to the crown and then she places the crown carefully on her head. Uh, the the jewelry fittings uh, reach out like tiny grasping hands to uh, hold this new setting that uh, they, they were not made for, but it still fits perfectly. That's cool. So yeah, so she's wearing that, and then there's you know a big applause and stuff, and then the ceremony moves forward to its um, second half, which uh, as this is her coronation to be you know officially the the new elf queen. Um, it seemed very fitting for her to do a, a large showing of elven magic. Um, 
is like a cel big celebration of like you know the rebirth and the renaissance of that. So um, she she begins by performing this very mellow piece. It almost sounds somber at first, and um, as it plays, there's this sort of kind of I mean, as usual with her music, there is a very visual element. Um, mm -hmm. This starts very small, but starts to grow and blossom as the as the music becomes more complex. And um, she essentially starts to weave this beautiful tapestry of colors and emotions. Um, this big, kind of like if you go to uh, one of those like those fancy like laser shows with music. <laughs> It's like that, but it's way cooler. Um, yeah, you yeah. don't have to be high to enjoy it. It's no Pink, um, Pink Floyd got nothing on this. All exactly, right. um, and and it's just this just big, big thing. But the the piece seems incomplete. It seems as though it is missing its accompaniment. It's um, a, a, a sweeping melody without its orchestra to support it, and. As the piece reaches, you know, more of its climax, the audience slowly starts to realize that they too carry the reborn elven magic inside them. The seed that only recently is blossoming into something that they can actually tangibly feel. Uh, as uh, this realization begins to sweep through the crowd here, uh, helped along by the, the mystical connection that binds all elves. The, the audience takes part uh, with Bella to create something truly vivid and memorable, a new composition uh, composed by Bella that plays homage to the ancient and lost hymns of the elves, uh, the very same hymns that were Bella's lullabies responsible for him being born with the magic in the first place. Uh, we see parts being taken up by uh, senior director Peppercorn, uh, the, the widow Mulberry, Donatella Moss, Coloratura Canto, the uh, elven captain that uh, Coloratura had a bit of a crush on, but it didn't go anywhere. Uh, <laughs> or did it? We don't know. We didn't get did to meddle in those know. personal affairs. <laughs> uh, and as every... Uh, hand weaves every, every tongue joins in song and every heart is bound together these these green uh, golden and silver strands uh, create a tapestry of music and magic that has not been th the likes of which have not been seen uh, since the world was young Uh, less than a month after the final battle for the fate of the world, uh, while storms still rage over the Inland Sea, a small party makes their way to the uh, collapsed island of Omen. We see three dragonspawn siblings, Beowulf, Algernon, and Scarlet de Flore. Uh, so, um, Scar... I know it's important we're here because you say it's important we're here, but what's here that we can't get somewhere dry? Um, it's a long story. A very long and confusing story. I think it's better if you just see what I'm trying to tell you about in person. I mean, if 
if they're still here. I don't know. Uh, as they rappel down a cliff face uh, on a side of the island that sunk into the sea uh, to get into the cream facility, uh, they, they duck in uh, under into the, the center and uh, fend off uh, creatures and forces let loose uh, by the end of all days that was uh, luckily not actually uh, ended. Uh, so, you know, daring feats of battle are performed by all three of them. Uh, and we get to an inner chamber uh, that we saw when the rogue elements penetrated this facility. Uh, several uh, uh, glass caskets that each contain a hazy figure. I will go ahead and uh, I'm going to quietly enter the room and safely open one of these uh, caskets. Uh, Scarlet sees her own face looking up at her and uh, the eyes uh, below her own open with a flutter. I'll just uh, open all of them. Uh, uh, okay, I know you said it would be a long story, but you gotta tell me how you got cloned, okay? I don't care how long this story is. Well, as I said, um, apparently it happened when I was little, like, before our parents died. Uh, there wasn't, I didn't pick up everything, I was kind of in shock myself, but... Yeah, this is a thing, apparently. Algernon finds some blankets, heats up some tea, as uh, Scarlet reaches out a hand to each of her clones in turn, uh, embracing them and welcoming them to the family. Two months after the battle over the abyss, uh, and it folded itself into a rough fault line straight through the red wastes, we go back to that fault line and see the many carrying a pile of stone. Uh, the many is using weird dark magics to sort of fuse these stones together into a big indestructible obelisk, one brick at a time. And overlooking this obelisk is, in this construction is Corson, who the many hunted down after the fight. A familiar uh, robed faceless figure with uh, uh, three eyes arranged vertically, uh, still in complete silence as she has always been, but uh, she now has a project aside from becoming a self-appointed demon queen. Yeah, that, she can go back to that one after this one's over. The many is building a monument to what once was. Writing the legacy of the abyss over the past 13 ages. Most notably with its ending, the many mostly has Corson here for her perspective on the whole thing, because she was there and instrumental to a lot of it. Very, very true. And we're recording history. So, uh, when this is finished, what will it look like? 
It will be a giant stone cube about four meters across, four meters high. And on each surface will it, de- it documents a different era of the Abyss's history. With an entire surface dedicated to the war that just went on. And it documents the Great Gold Worm, the Abyss itself, um, the various demonic uprising attempts in the past, difference between devils and demons, and just all sorts of information that should not be forgotten. Six months from uh, the the fateful day, camera pans up at sunrise in South Crendel, a small village in the Queen's Wood. Uh, Mint Gelato is there. Mint, uh, why don't you set the rest of the scene for us? Well, you know things things are looking better than they were even you know just just last month, and last month was better than the month before that. You know, we've been we've been making pretty steady progress rebuilding things. You know, the the appliance repair shop, that's, uh, you know, they're open for business again. That awful, awful restaurant that I used to work at. No, they just, the, the guy who owned it just called it a wash, decided to go somewhere else with his business. Um, but the, the homes, you know, not too many people still staying over at other people's places. Most of the, most of the homes, the residences are... You know, they're they're at least back together, if not in full working order. The uh, the signs of construction have now moved toward the outskirts of town, with uh, the town center being completed first. Uh, however, the the calloused hands and the sweat matted brows uh, of the people of South Crendel are still uh, present and uh, ready to the eye. Uh, perhaps none more. Uh, you know, in the thick of it, than Mint Gelato, uh, Hero of the Wood. Uh, a, a title he could have claim to if he so chose. Uh, you know... It's a big if, quite frankly. Like, we went around and eventually fought, you know, I don't know, the ultra, ultra devil and, and... And we killed the Ultra Devil because there were a lot of problems being caused, and we're, we're still recovering from from some of those problems. I was a hero of the what, what? What does that even mean, though? What does that even mean? Look, I just don't don't get the wrong idea about me. You know, I I try to be try to be decent, try to be nice. I didn't I didn't do this in order to to save the world. I did this because cuz I felt like I needed to because there there were some other things I need to do that I couldn't do without I guess saving the world first. You got to got to get that checked off your list before you can get to the next thing. As Mint is uh thinking over this uh, topic again, as, as he's probably done many a time in the last six months. Uh, another familiar face comes around the corner. 
uh, in an impeccable white lab coat, uh, completely uncalloused hands, a brow that is furrowed but completely dry. Uh, it is uh, Senior Director Peppercorn. Uh. Mr. Gelato, I figured you'd still be here. Oh, well, you know, that's, that's where I said I'd be. I take it that means you've uh, managed to make sense of those notes I stole off the blue and get all those uh, little odds and ends sorted out for me. Yes, it was uh, certainly a project that was assigned to me by the Queen. Not by choice, but yes, uh, with our crack team of researchers, we were able to make heads and tails of this uh, interesting design. It's just the, the weirdest thing. All, the, all these years, we thought that those, those small-scale arcanomatrices were breaking due to heat stress, when actually it was due to micro-vacuums causing holes in space. Just pulling all matter towards the center, but you know, turns out you can balance it out and get some weird stuff done with that. But, you know, we don't need a talk shop out here if you don't want to. But, um, if it's <laughs> all done, I guess I'll, uh, guess I'll just head on back, head on back to Equinox. Take a look. I, uh, suppose before you, uh, make use of this item I should you can tell that he knows exactly what he's trying to say but there's there's pain in him that the words refuse to come out and then they finally do after a great amount of hemming and hawing thank you for returning some of my friends the survivors back home oh you know Thank you uh, for, for all that, you know, I think, uh, you know, how, how can I put this, senior director? You've helped me out a lot. That's the long and short of it. No matter how you felt about helping me, you helped me, and I appreciate that. Ro Rosemarinus, Locke. Dundria, they're uh, beginning to integrate in their lives, and it's a wonderful thing. They were family to me, and I know they were to you, but you know I'll never forgive you, right? You don't have to. Because now we just understand. Understanding is probably better than forgiveness you know if I didn't hate you I think we could have had something but that's how these things go alright and so so I guess uh, with that um, Mint is gonna head on head on back to, to Equinox sort of take a look at all the things that they that they built Equinox has changed. It is, uh, e Equinox was lightly touched by the fourfold apocalypse, uh, both from the, the efforts of your friends and allies and your surprising, uh, defenders, the snake folk. 
So, uh, what, what are some of these changes, and what does Mint see? I mean, for one, it, they are leaning hard on the business side of, like, being the home of the Elf Queen. That's, that sells a lot of admission. Oh, yeah. Okay, so to, to, because it's expanded so much, they've actually got a, um, got a, a hover train that sort of runs, uh, you know, sort of around the perimeter mm-hmm. of the city, just to, to just to get people around a little bit quicker. Um, and that's like way up in the air. So that's that's real, right. real impressive looking. Even like, honestly, it's not even that complicated. Um, hey, Axis doesn't have one, so so there's some I guess it's a little complicated. Uh, what, what, what other neat stuff do we have here at Equinox? Oh, uh, you know, just a lot, a lot of building up. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot, you know, just just a lot more around it, and you know, the 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 manor itself, that that building is the you know as the main attraction, as you put it, but you know, enough of the tourist industry took off that you know people started moving in, and as soon as people start moving in. You know, more industry based on the people who live there, and then it becomes, you know, a proper place to live, and so it's just sort of expanded around the uh the manor. Sort of this 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 tourist attraction at the center, and everything sooner or later sort of traces back to that in economic origin, but you know, a lot of a lot of just interesting other stuff. There's a lot of little uh independent workshops. You know, people doing their own sort of magical R&D. Because, you know, the, uh, the the senior director of Royal Research, you know, also works out of here. So there's a lot of work in the scientific community. And, of course, a lot in the arts around here, naturally led by, uh, you know, Bella and Vip. Um, so so really, like, the, 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 the town... Perhaps even city of Equinox is is doing quite well, mm-hmm. uh, g- given that six months ago everything was made out of fire and meteors. All right. So, uh, but back in the familiar labs, the the wing and the sections of the basement set aside for Peppercorn's team, uh, they they still have that same real estate, that same square footage. What does Mint find? Oh, well, it looks like uh, they managed to get everything I everything I asked for. Let's see, we've got the um, got the wide range hologram disperser um, with a geosynchronous orbit stabilizer. Let's see, we've got the got the oh yeah the uh, the hellhole motivation adjustment array. Oh, that'll help out. Uh, yeah, this, um, you know, sort of almost, almost, this is the most basic one is the air transmuter, just to perform local atmosphere modifications. Um, yeah, it looks like, uh, that was, that was really it. The other stuff I mostly gave you because I thought it would be interesting. Those are the three I need to, I need to borrow. And by borrow, I mean... You know, I'm taking these with me. Yes, Mr. Gelato. Sorry. I, I have a uh, 
form here you'll have to sign. I'm, I'm sorry, the other administrative staff was not uh, available to be here, but uh, I think you'll find Audriel's fingerprints all over the paperwork. That's fine. They won't understand what this is anyway. I quickly scribble a signature on all of them. I mean, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be keeping these, and I'm gonna, but I'll be back. I'll be back before you know it. I have to borrow the van for a while. Do you know who has the keys to the van right now? Keys? Did did it ever have keys? I always used keys. <laughs> I, I don't. Suppose, maybe. I, I mean, suppose you must have them still, Mister Gelato. I reach, oh, yeah, they were in my other pocket. There you go, had them with me the whole dang time. Alright, well, um, now once again, Peppercorn, thanks a lot for helping me out. Um, I expect I'll only be gone for, for a couple hours. I'll probably be back within, you know, I'll be back within a day. Uh, but I gotta, Please. I gotta borrow the van. No uh, rush whatsoever. Yeah, but people are gonna ask where the van is. Alright, so I'm gonna take my take my menagerie of highly advanced scientific devices and load them into the van. And uh no one's no one else is in the van, right? No, well no one's I mean, stowing away. Martha. I know that trick. <laughs> uh you know all the best hiding places and there is no stowaway, only Martha. Alright. Okay, Martha. You ready for yeah. you ready? Would it matter mm. if I weren't? I it would matter, but I'd ask you all the same. Anyway, uh yep. Take me back up. Alright. Course laid in for up, and there goes mint gelato up to the sky. Six months after the battle for the future, we uh, zoom in on the city of Concord and uh, a, a venue that's done great business uh, lately. It's the, the place Grand Handsome first formed. They played many a show there, and today they're sold out crowd and a benefit for the Global Rebuilding Fund is the Rip Smolder Boulder Farewell Show. Rip, what is your pre-show uh, ritual? Well, I'm sitting backstage, flipping through the set list, kind of getting my notes in order, and just kind of making sure all my outfit looks good, and just generally preparing. I take a, I take a step up, look in the mirror, and kind of just... <sighs> okay. All right, uh, a roadie knocks on the door, opens it. Uh, two minutes, Mr. Smolder Boulder, two minutes. I flip a thumbs up with my sound pistol, makes a little the ding sound. <laughs> Just as that roadie leaves, there's another knock on your door. Come on in. 
Bella, Bella comes in, she's like, two minutes, sir, two minutes. Finally? Why'd you take so long? You didn't invite me. I thought yes, you were going to do this without me. No, you yes. didn't. I, I told you, hey, you know, I'm playing that farewell show. And then I winked like 30 <laughs> times. Yeah. I was pretty sure. sure you got it. Yeah. You, oh, I can't believe I can't see believe you were going to do this without me. It's you not, a, it's not a goodbye show without both of us. Yeah, it isn't. So let's go. Let's go. So, All right. So here's the set list. We got some got some real hits on here. I think you're going to like this one. Bella glances over it for like a few seconds, like a really quick skim, and she's like, "Yeah, yeah, I got it." Okay, let's she go. knows. This is the house Grand Handsome built, essentially. Sure is. And uh, so you're standing on those boards, uh, streaks of light coming in under the curtain from the footlights, hearing uh, chants of "rip, rip, rip, rip," and as the curtain goes up, they see there are two <laughs> pairs of feet, and the crowd loses their heads. <laughs> Thanks for having to see you, Bella. <laughs> Bella's, Bella's, you know, smiling. She, uh, she's got it. She plays a, she plays a riff on her uh, cool ass like electric guitar form of her, her, her musical, her hammer, and lets you lead off. Of course, it's your show. So I get all my instruments ready, and we go. We start going through the set list. Uh, what are what are your what's some of the, what are some of the favorite songs on here that you, we play, Bella? What are your, some of your favorites? Oh yeah, um, there was uh, my sin is forgiveness. <laughs> yeah, you know that one is good. I was a really big fan of Innuendo, which is absolutely nothing like the Queen song. Yeah, there was also Bad Out of Hellhole, and then. Uh, that going back into the hellhole a second time. <laughs> yeah, you know, I feel like the second one kind of went on a little long, <laughs> but you know, yeah. it's good in theory. I mean, people like it. Uh, I, I was a real big fan of "For You, For Us." Oh, that's a classic. Yeah. Then but there yeah. was also there was also for for them, and for them as well. Which uh, wasn't related at all, but people often had a theory. Yeah, you know, people thought there was like some kind of overarching like. Yeah, there were there were like two albums apart, and uh, there was kind of we were doing a narrative thing at the time, so it was people were. We didn't actually write any narrative for it. We just knew that if we like pretended to have one, somebody would figure out something that made sense for us. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, at some point, I, uh, I take my hat off and I slick my hair back, and I walk up to the mic and say, Hey there, I'm Doc Smolderbolder. And the crowd there, There's out. a hush. Yeah. This is silence. There's shock, and then someone, one person starts to weep, and one person starts to scream. <laughs> and it's, it's like you walked out for the first time again. Yeah. And I kind of just turned to Bella and go, did they really not, not like, know it was me? Like, really? Yeah, it was, you know, it was it was a big mystery. It's basically the same name. <laughs> and I bust out some, like, disgustingly mournful tunes on my saxophone. And Bella's there to, to play, like, a crooning kind of, like, dream guitar kind of thing. This, this bluesy jazz guitar that goes with, uh, goes with Doc's you know, classic performance. The yeah. first and last Doc Smolder Balder show. 
all your greatest hits, all your deepest, most street cred worthy cuts, and that sprinkling of doc stuff. And every song you play is a brand new live arrangement, never before heard. Uh, the people who are at this show will tell their grandchildren about the greatest concert they ever saw. Uh, but now, as uh, the night winds down, everyone's headed home. Uh, after party upon after party in the weeks to follow. Uh, it's just you and your best friend, Bella. What do you do? Well, that was pretty good, wasn't it? You could say, you could, if you just wanted to understate how, how yeah, good of a time that a was. I'd say yeah, that it was, a, it was pretty good. Was like seven out of ten. Yeah, you know, I, I think we've had better shows. Oh, yeah, totally. That Battle of the Bands? Oh. Well, we've had we've had shows where I was drunker, but I, yes. we've certainly not had better shows. <laughs> I feel shows. like that's, that's really the metric here on like, <laughs> the show. So... so what, you, what, you, what you been up to? Like, what you been doing lately with your time? Like, Well, ever since we got that workshop set up, and thank you again for that, by the way. I could have never done that on my own. Oh, yeah, of course. Now that I can think happy of to, it. Happy to help however I can. Yeah, like, I mean, you know, I'm not that far from you. You can come visit anytime. I say, like, jabbing you with my elbow. Rip, but, I visited you, like, three weeks ago. Yeah, that's true. But, yeah, now that I can actually focus again, I've been getting into tinkering and engineering, kind of machinery work, and it feels good, you know? I think I kind of have a knack for it. Yeah, that's cool. I'm glad you got something to, like, set your mind to. Yeah. Something to like focus on. So you know, you'll you'll probably hear about my wonderful accomplishments in no time. They'll yeah, be, I'm sure. I'll be you'll probably be coming by frequently to ask me for help. I absolutely will. You can but, count on that. Do that. You owe me one thing. Yeah. <laughs> or just like do that. Do that one. But you know, like I've I got some uh, ingredients I might need for me some spare parts. And, uh, you know, I, I've oh, saved yeah. your hide enough times. You, you uh, owe me a couple favors. Excuse me? Yeah! What? <laughs> Do I owe you? Really? Yeah. Sure. What about yeah. that? What about that time? What about that time that everyone got, like, completely screwed in, uh, that, uh, got the Elven space complex? Oh, And please. I had to come fucking save you guys? I cut off my hand for you. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you a new one yeah it's great but i still had to cut my hand off didn't feel good it didn't tickle Jeez, louise fine and, and as the sun rises two fast friends uh lose themselves in remembrances as they close one chapter of their lives and go together in their new careers Getting close now. I probably, yeah, I should probably let the hologram projector out now, although set it to start up in, uh, let's call it 16 hours. All right, so I throw that out the window. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, yes, we, we rendezvous with Mint Gelato as he begins uh, putting together his plan high in the sky, nearing the moon. What's, uh, what's up with that, uh, 
What, what's up with that hologram projector, Mint? What is the plan? Oh, well, that's, um, you know, it, it projects an image of the moon. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've, you know, it, it's been designed so that it will follow the same patterns of movement as as the moon. So it'll look like, you know, you look up in the sky and you see this image. You're like, wow, there's the moon. There it goes. Uh-huh. What's step two? All right, so probably um, get ready to, to land, land on the moon. And okay. Here we are. Back, back here. Man, three times. Anyway, hey, Mint. Mint, you around? Hi. Still oh, changing hey. your mind? What? No, I, like, like I said, I told you. I told you I'd oh, come okay. back. Yeah. And um, so good to see you. I'm, I'm glad I can be trusted. Where's a? Of course. Look, I wouldn't try and pull one over on on you. Um, where's? Oh, oh, Brolalto? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He uh, he spends a lot of time on the surface. Uh. Just walking it as the moon turns, you know, looking uh, down at you, I guess, or something uh, in that direction. All right, I need to I need to ask him something, and then I can I can give you what I what I intended to give you. But first, I need to ask him something. Okay. In, right. in a period of time between you piloting, between you searching him out and Brolalto, uh, trying to stay in place as the moon's surface rotates, you you come across him. It's not hard. Hey. Hey, old timer. So, three. That's a record. Uh, I imagine it will be for a while. Anyway, um, I know you've you've been up here for for some time now, I guess. Um, Here's the short version. If you want back down to the surface, this is kind of your last shot. All right. Or you know you can you can stay here if you if you really want to. But all I'm saying is, not going to be around here for a while. How? What's it like down there? Is it worth going to? I'd say so. I mean, I just spent six months helping everyone down in South Crendel build back up. Probably better than it used to be. You know, things are still weird. Things still have problems. But what else is new? All right. I uh, take it it's uh, that's the way home. Any any points off at Battle Fan? Yep. And uh, is there a manual? There oh a... no, uh, Mint will be driving. All right. But. You know what? It's fine. I've I've been here long enough to know that just not to ask. Alright. Hey Min. Oh yeah, yeah. Alright, well, as promised, I toss him the keys to the battle van. Um old timer wants to go home with you. Um, but you know I think uh I think people are expecting 
expecting Mint to still be around down there, so... Wanna be Mint? Uh, sure. I mean, it sounds like fun. Uh, Mint Gelato is currently in the form of a a three-headed bunny rabbit. Yeah, sure. You know, just... No one knows how to be us better than we do. (laughs) Uh, I guess I've had some practice. Alright. Well, um, I guess you all just, you know, it'll probably take me an hour or two before I'm ready for for my part of things, so you probably want to start heading back now. Uh, Alto just heads inside, straps in. Uh, you can't hear what he's saying from inside, but, uh, from his body language and reading his lips, he seems to actually be friends with Martha, like they hit it off instantly. Oh, there you go. Maybe, maybe he can be in charge of that now. Anyway, um, I need to make my way to, uh, to the core. All right. And deep inside the core of the moon, the calmed core that, uh, no longer holds its heart. What does Mint do? Alright, so, let's see, where's this one? The, uh, augmented actuator. Let's see, I should be able to just wrap that around the side. Bolt that into place. Alright, and let's just give that little kick of energy. Um, shoot a lightning bolt into the side of it. Alright. There's some smoke and uh, some buzzing, but that all seems like planned for. It's it's a good buzzing. Alright, yeah, that's alright. So stable stable communicative frequency has been established. Let's just put the staff in here. And should be good to go. So let's see, based on the way the moon usually turns, I think I want to point in this direction. Mint sort of tilts his staff and rotates the core a bit. And then with a lurch, with a shudder, there's a, a small tremor that moves through the entire moon as it breaks away from its path Uh, laid in the sky from time immemorial, the ancient forgotten gods, and instead goes off in a straight line on a new path toward a new home that may not be there, but if it is, I think Mint's the guy to find it. It's, you know, I want to... I want to go somewhere else. I want to go to a world where, where the land is formless and the sea is motionless and the air is both. Want to visit a world where nothing has ever breathed in and stand upon that world and take the first breath from that place. I want to go to, go to a place that's so far away from everything where, where I can't see anything, hear anything, and in that place, I want to be hypnotized by the rhythm and deafened by the sound of my own heart beating. I want, I want to go and see a world in the moment it is born, and I want to see a world in the moment that it dies. I want, to, I want to see these things. I want to see things that I can't even describe, no matter what languages I learn. I, I just want to, you know, I don't... This isn't the place for me. Maybe, I don't think there is a place for me. And if there's no place for something, then it just has to keep moving. 
And this is... This is the new plan. Five years, five years to the day after the heart of the moon was recovered from Guardian and flew down uh, in a ball of fire uh, back to save the world. And Bella and Tran are to be wed. Uh, we find Bella sitting uh, in her chamber doing her final preparations, uh, wearing her crown, the celestial diadem still gemmed by the heartbeat. Behind her is a crown and a ring sitting on pillows beside her, both of them made by Bella, the same way she'd made her own jewelry years ago. The ring uh, having the enchantment from the uh, consort's ring transferred to it. They're the most exquisite accessories she's ever made. Tran, meanwhile, spent her own time making a ring for Bella. It's very simple and elegant in design that when worn and activated, channels a tiny bit of Bella's magic to glow magnificently in that same shade of blue that her magic always shines. Uh, however, Bella's suddenly not alone. A figure darkens her doorway. Well, I was expecting you. We did make plans, didn't we, Queen Kanto? Five years to the day. A queen must always be punctual, even when she is not queen. <laughs> so I've learned. How are you doing? She Bella seems like actually kind of uh, excited to see her, strangely enough. You'd think this would be a horrible omen, but she feels confident, you know. I've been traveling. I've been planning... Uh, there are lands beyond the edges of our map, and uh, I feel that is the place I belong in this new age. That's that's wonderful. I'm really excited to hear that you've that you're starting to find like a, a new place for yourself. Of course, I have been paying close attention to you. I did make a promise. Of course, of course, one that I was hoping more than anything that you could keep. <laughs> uh, yes, I'm sure you were hoping for me to rise up with my allies and pull all the strings I had tied to my fingers to depose you and put myself back where I belong, but no. On the contrary, I was actually really hoping that you had uh, changed in your ways and, and started to see things a little bit my way. People cannot change Queen Canto, but it seems a people might. Uh, I was disappointed that you didn't have me charged with treason. I despaired that your first act was such a tactical error. It was such a simple rallying cry to do what you claimed to wish to do. And I waited. And I planned. And then I saw a new way, a new path forged out of compassion. And now I see that uh, there's no place for me anymore. I see my small hand, my, my small bit of information in some of your actions, but none of my 
teachings because I don't think you have anything you can learn from me. You've taken a course I could not possibly have conceived. You've impressed me. Queen Kanto, you have obsoleted me. Bella smiles, but subtly. She doesn't want it to seem cocky because she doesn't feel like prideful about this in, in like a mm-hmm. she she never wished to rub her nose in it. That was the whole point. Um but but she does take it as a genuine compliment and she she does think the former elf queen who I'm only realizing has never been named. <laughs> oh, I forgot it long ago. I suppose I'll have to find a new one when I find a place. You'll have plenty of time in your life for that. Ah, It's going to be strange living on your own hand, by your own works, making a bed. (laughs) I never really did that to begin with. (laughs) Just between you and me. Oh, well, at least now that you come back to a a firmly tucked one, I, I... can't imagine you ever going back (laughs) but this is the burden one must bear i think you'll manage she smiles and it's genuine and it's warm and you realize it's the first time she's done anything but look down her nose at you uh, all these years i could give you advice but then i'd be going back on what i said Uh, and that is something one simply does not do Uh, best wishes good luck and you two will be so so happy together thank you so much and good luck to you as well she she bows a polite courtly bow the the kind that you see from your subjects not from visiting dignitaries of any kind she she has accepted her new position in life bella bows back at her in the same way and I don't believe you ever see one another again. <laughs> but this is when the organ begins and the trumpets blare. There is something else we need to do today. Of course, there's a wedding. A wedding to be wed. Standing in front of the assembly at court, uh, a single aisle has returned on the one side are uh, the great dignitaries of the elven people, uh, as well as Bella's family and personal friends. On the other side are, well, frankly, many of uh, Bella's other uh, personal friends, (laughs) as she and Tran lived so much of their life together, moving in the same circles. There's a lot of also... um like regulars who were kind of friends of, of trans yes. at her be- uh, bakery bakery and, regulars other dignitaries yeah, from Drakenhall. Uh, mayor olga is here umberto is here no one invited him umberto is <laughs> crashing the wedding i don't even remember who umberto is i feel bad <laughs> oh wait no he was the the innkeep guy right the yes yes he was <laughs> i remember umberto a good man a good a good good man uh you scheduled the wedding on a tuesday hoping he wouldn't show up but here he is crying no, for several reasons. He's a mess. As if just the one day would, would affect his schedule. He has to travel all the way here in the first he place. That's going to take a lot of days. He okay. Tuesdays so much. Oh, yeah, that's true. What does he do on Tuesday usually? Cry. 
Well, here he is, crying! See, I scheduled it on a Tuesday because I knew it would be perfect for him. He was going to cry anyway. <laughs> uh, Slamby is is uh, there sitting with Cactus. Uh, uh, Cactus has used his spines to pin Slamby's coattails down to the seat. <laughs> Good. Everybody you could imagine, uh, the, the camera pans through nearly all of the elements, all the elements that uh, are still within the bounds of uh, civilization ha have arrived. Uh, and just, uh, uh, I could do yet another long, long list, but I did enough of those in session yeah, eight. Yeah, I, I think we, it's a lot of people. We get the point. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, in front of them, uh, hands clasped, eyes locked are Bella and Tran, each radiant in uh, the finest gowns uh, they've ever worn. Uh, Bella had three weeks to put together her, her coronation outfit. Uh, she and uh, her staff had five years to get this one right. Uh, she, uh, they both glitter with the stars and moon themselves, light captured by uh, a series of, of very finicky arcana matrices. Uh, and so what do they say to one another? <clears throat> so Bella and Tran uh, look each other in the eyes and Tran speaks first and she says, Bella, long before you were queen regent, you were my queen. You have given me space to follow my passions and affect positive change on the world. I love you with all my heart and it means everything to me to be a part of your incredible life. I am honored to be your princess. And Bella, looking very overjoyed, um, very tearing up at those words, she speaks through and she says, <clears throat> Tran, you were my first friend when I had no one else, and my first home when I had none. You have stood beside me every step of the way, and I am thrilled to keep you by my side long into the future. I love you deeply, and I am honored to make you my princess. And with that, um, <clears throat> The two of them exchange their wedding rings, and um, both of them actually glow with this cute little glow, um, much like Bella's magic. Bella enchanted um, the one that she gives to, to Tran to kind of glow, so she'll always have that little bit of her with her everywhere. Um. <laughs> Umberto's not the only one crying, I'm just going <laughs> to... And then the two, you know, and then uh, Bella turns and she also grabs the exquisite tiara, the exquisite diadem that she had made, and uh, places it delicately atop Tran's head, and then the two of them share a kiss. Uh, in the history of the Empire, uh, there are three kisses that change the world. Two of them have been shared by Bella Canto and Tran. Seventeen years after the final battle, 
uh, we come to yet another grand and uh, exciting ceremony, heralding in a new order, uh, putting a new face on this new world. Trumpet sound, or the sound of trumpets is heard with no trumpets seen. Uh, a great noise of, of joy and import. You see a, a crowd of a mix of many peoples, many ages, in an open amphitheater filled to bursting, standing room only, with uh, folks in uh, school uniforms, uh, future students, former students, uh, some in robes, some in mortarboards, uh, everyone excited to see uh, the event. Uh, faculty and staff comprised of uh, many of Scarlet's uh, former contacts. We see reformed cream agents, uh, faculty from the uh, Archmage's School in Horizon that uh, closed up shop long ago. Uh, Thrump is now, uh, he's grown a respectable wizardly beard and uh, stands to the right hand of Wizard Queen and Headmaster Scarlet de Flor. Her clones appear as uh, staff and faculty in, in many positions and have grown individual identities coming into their own personhood. There's uh, Sorsha and Caroline, Amy and Rhea, etc. Up on stage stands the graduating class. A new class takes the front row and older students behind them. New and old are celebrated together so graduates can see how far they've come and uh, the incoming wizardly uh, apprentices can see just how far their studies can take them. Uh, the graduating students take the stage, some eager to see the fruits of their hard work come to fruition, and others nervous and shifting, a few a bit sad that their time here is almost over. Uh, the wizard queen, Scarlet de Flor, approaches from the main tower. Uh, she doesn't... Uh, none of these years uh, seem to have put their mark on her face. She doesn't look a day older than she did striking down uh, the Lord of Devils. Though her hairstyle has, is definitely changed, and her clothing is befitting that of a queen of all wizards. Uh, she performs a celebratory ritual as arcane fireworks light the sky above her, and distinctly elven music plays. Uh, in her quest for synthesis of the great magical traditions, she's combined a bit of Bella's true elven magic with her own uh, to put on this grand spectacle. Uh, as the graduating class bows to the faculty and to Scarlet in, in deference and respect for having taken them in and trained them, uh, Scarlet takes the center stage and addresses the crowd. Thank everyone for joining us here today as we celebrate the end of one journey and the beginning of another. Every, uh, everyone has their own path to take in life. For some, it's easier than others. For some, it's much harder than others. And everyone in this auditorium today has had their own journey. Uh, everyone starts somewhere, and what we've all learned together since we've started this school is that it doesn't matter where you started, it doesn't matter what obstacles have stood in front of you, that each and every one of us is capable of doing wonderful things. She's remembering 
her childhood, uh, living in the streets when she first joined the Archmage's Academy. Uh, she finally became a, an actual wizard, and with all the adventures she had with the party, and everything that's happened since then, uh, starting the school and everything. Everyone is beginning a new journey here today. Whether you're graduating and moving on to your uh, to a new life, or you're joining us here for the very first time to begin your studies. And even us uh, here to train you are still uh, on a journey of our own. And this is why uh, we're all together today, so that we can celebrate how far our graduates have come and how far uh, the rest of us can go. One last thing before I present our graduating class with third opponents. Regardless of where you started or what stands in your way, everyone has the potential to do great things. So take our hand and we'll give you the tools to do wonderful things. Your adventure starts right now. Uh, everyone cheers. The, the mortar boards are flying in the air. After all the applause and celebrations have died down, Scarlet begins reading the names and specialties of every new mage that has graduated from her school. Each graduate, if they accept it, receives a diploma proving their accreditation, as well as a personalized booklet of advice for them and their careers. On top of that, each graduate, if they accept, receives a final hug and goodbye from Scarlet herself. Each one, she tells just how proud she is of them and to get out of there and kick ass in their new lives. Twenty-five years after the world ended, but then didn't. Uh, we see a, a familiar pair of hands, uh, fingers calloused from bowstrings, close a heavy book in their lap. Uh, in a quaint farm cottage on the edge of the Queen's Wood uh, is Margaret Stone, her children, and uh, four grandchildren sitting around listening to their grandmother tell a story. Uh, the oldest of them is wearing a crown made of uh, dirty swamp reeds, but she always feels a bit smarter uh, whenever she puts it on. <laughs> that's uh, that's just about the end of it. After that, I walked back to uh, I went back to Baudriel to the uh, to the edge of the Queenswood, and I returned here. Uh, hey, gr Grandma, I have yeah. a question. For, for, what's your question? Uh, oh, I have to think of a name for these children on the spot. Uh, what's your uh, your name? I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, gra Grandma, what? I have a question. What is it, Ethel? Uh, remember, you met all of those people. Well, not all of those people, but a lot of those people, and uh, and you rescued the storm magic from Bolt Strike Tower. Oh, well, you didn't okay. rescue it, but you eventually did. Margaret barely remembers this part of the story herself at this point, so she scratches her head a little bit. Oh well, you know that's a that's a whole different story. I haven't heard much myself, but I heard that during the final battle, uh, the 
The Elf Queen, uh, who obviously, you know, finishing off the, probably is the final great deed of her reign. Of course, I would know little about that. Uh, she took up the uh, she took up the energies that had been stored and used it to counteract one of the from the in a, the bottled energies I speak of, of course. Not that I, you know, I'm you know I'm not aware of the specifics. So she took it out to the ocean and she used it to counter one of the great beasts of the ocean that had been invading the mainland. Uh, she sort of struck it down with a huge bolt of lightning that could be seen for miles and uh, sent the creature uh, falling back into the ocean. Oh, okay. Uh, Ethel seems very satisfied with this answer and goes and uh, wraps her arm around the leg of her mother, Mary, who uh, we, we notice her belt buckle is the insignia of Scarlet's Wizard School. Hmm. Uh, however, uh, Ethel's little brother just raises his hand very impatiently. Uh, what is it, Thomas? Uh, okay, but I really liked the blue, the, the Nobi, the Nobi oh. guy who got into Mint's oh, brain. Oh, you mean Mint's imaginary, I, I mean, Mint's, uh, Mint's magical friend. Yeah, where's Nobi? Oh, well, I think, um, hmm, Margaret thinks about this stuff for a minute. I'd heard that after the two became separated, uh, they eventually reconnected uh, through, um, well, I don't know much about what Mint's up to these days, but he, uh, he, uh, I think they eventually became, uh, kind of became, uh, pen pals of the sort. Yes, you could say that. They communicate from time to time about, you know, all sorts of, uh, peculiar matters that to us would seem, you know, very far beyond, you know, our understanding, but, you know, Mint's, you know, always been a, an all a odd one, so he, he, uh, you know, the two, the two, two, still, two still keep in contact to this day. Uh, the, the two's uncle is currently bouncing and uh, feeding his first child in, in his arms, his, his first infant. And uh, Lassen said, okay, I've got a question for, for you, Ma. Uh, why did you have to act so unpleasant to everybody in that story? Well, you know, it's been a long time. You know, I tell the truth. I'm not really quite sure what I said or how I acted through a lot of it. You know, a little lot of it's rather blurred over. Uh... But, you know, it's, uh, I, uh, you know, I remember back in, uh, you know, back in those days, I was feeling, uh, quite angry about a lot of things, so I thought it was best, you know, you get the, the truest thing I could recall, uh, more or less. Uh, he, he rolls his eyes and just thinks back to, uh, the gigantic hug he and Mary got, uh, as soon as you came back home after the long, long trip. Well, I hope, uh, now at least I hope you understand why, you know, we, uh, why I'm always so nervous whenever your aunt, uh, your great aunt comes over to visit. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Mary collects her, her family, uh, her husband, who's been, uh, speaking with, uh, uh, Margaret's husband in the other room during story time and uh, as they all get up to go uh, calls back now say goodbye to grandma and you know we're going to be back for spookums night right uh, and she turns and looks at her mother Margaret Stone uh, as long as grandma remembers to tell the story again come on I'm not senile you know I'm still still got plenty of hundreds of years ahead of me <laughs> uh, and 
Ethel just throws her arms around you in those over one of those overenthusiastic child hugs. The story's always the best part, Grandma. Margaret looks well. She looks embarrassed, Grandma, but then she she smiles and she she hugs her grandchild. Twenty-seven years later, in the outer chambers of the Queen's Court, a decidedly unelfish figure enters. Hey, I'm here to see Bella. Uh, sir, the Queen? the Queen is not accepting visitors from other lands oh, today. It's not the uh, the schedule is quite tight. I do apologize. Yeah, I, I bet it is. Anyway, this is really important, and I pull my hand out of my pocket, and I just kind of like wave the sound fist in their face really obviously like hey look at this look what i got here ah ah mr smolder boulder yeah. why uh yes of course just just this how way. many dwarfs do you see around here how'd you not recognize me we love giving you a hard time sir. i know you do let's go so i i scramble into the court into the throne room bella 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 turns around and she's like oh hey Riff, i wasn't expecting you hey i got something to show you Alright, uh, did they give you a hard time getting in, by the way? You know they did. Do you tell them to do that? (laughs) Yeah, she's left. Okay, yeah, I figured you did. Let's go. Uh, Rip, I'm, like, really busy. I can't just, like, leave on a whim. You're the queen. You can do whatever you want. (laughs) That's precisely why I can't do whatever I want. If someone stops you, just say, I'm the queen, and they go, oh, okay. Oh god, would that it was that easy. Um, well, what do you need to show me? I got something back at the workshop. I've been working on it for quite a while, and it's finally ready, and you need to be the first one to see it. Okay, um... Meet me outside. I gotta do something first. Yeah, okay, and I kind of, like, give a really unsubtle wink and a little, like, okay hand. And I walk back out. So Bella looks like she's going to talk to someone to be like, hey, can you take care of this for me? I got to go do something really important. But instead, she kind of creeps off. And then were there like a camera set up in like a very stationary position in this like scene? Um, You'd see her go off screen for a moment and then you'd see her in a cloak creeping past the window in the background because she would, uh, you know. She's like, like climbing down like a rope or something. You know what I mean? Something like that. Yeah. But she's Imagine just, uh, how Edgar Wright would do this. Some, it's like that. Some yeah. very overdrawn, like, kind of mm-hmm. like sneaking, like tiptoes kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But she's got like a, a shawl on and she's sneaking out as any responsible elf queen would do. And they go off to, to the Shor- workshop. Shortly thereafter, the two enter into Rip's workshop. Uh, it's stacked high with uh, metals and all sorts of alloys, uh, spare parts hanging from the ceiling in sacks, and uh, the line, uh, the walls papered with various plans and, and uh, sketches. So I'm kind of just like, as we're walking, I'm kind of like rubbing my hands together excitedly, like, oh, this is going to be great. And there's like a cool friction coming off of your hands because of the sound fist. Yeah, it's like it's a really coming. cool, like... Actually, it probably sounds more like a violin scraping, if anything. <laughs> in, the cent- in the center of a room is, is a, a tan canvas 
uh, draped over a large uh, object placed on a table. Okay. A workbench, I suppose. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, you know as well as anybody how much stuff I've gotten you to get me over the years. Uh, yeah. Uh, believe me, I know um, a lot of my, my treasure knows. Um, <laughs> really, a lot of people know. And uh, you're lucky that um, I'm allowed to get you whatever you want, because it's... Some of your requests have been kind of... A little out there, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. And I kind of shrug this, like, sheepish, I don't really know what to tell you kind of shrug. Anyway, uh, drum roll, please. Bella literally does, like, a little, a little drum roll. That's what I like about you, Bella. You know how to do things right. Anyway, so I reach over, and I grab the canvas, and I just yank it off, and I say, Behold! Oh. And What's... under the canvas is a mechanical monstrosity that appears to be a cross between a warforged and a player piano. It's decked out with tons of instruments. It's got organ pipes on its back, all kinds of harps and stuff, but also a bunch of artillery. It's as much a weapon as an instrument. And I say, behold. So you made a weapon. Yeah. And is that it? An instrument. And check okay. this out. And I well, reach do? behind it, and I flip it on, and it works to life. And I say, Bella, I would like you to meet the guns of Navarone. Aww. Bella does kind of kind of tear up and, and holds out her hand, and she's like, "Well, it's, hi, it's nice to nice to meet you." Because she kind of like notices it, you know, as it's booting up. It's definitely like very it. Uh humanoid has a hand in his yeah it's like yeah. well it's nice to meet you it is fine to meet you queen canto says a voice that uh is made out of piano tones in yeah. sort of a oh, vocoder so cool. way this is my first time actually turning the guns on so she's still learning okay. but you know there's a full ai in there there's a little bit of the old martha ai integrated in oh yeah did you get it, it's built you. on the yeah, Martha kernel. Yeah, you, you, of course I got Tran to help. I don't know anything <laughs> about artificial intelligence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, like, Tran helped me a lot on this. So, what the guns is, is she's essentially going to be my agent in the field. I'm getting old, you know. My bones are getting creaky. I, you know. How old are you? I, I kind of shrug again. Rip. <laughs> old? You don't know I'm how old. old you are? Do you have like an estimate? Uh, oh man, I'm just old, you know? You know, my brain's going, I can't keep track of some of these things. Oh like my that. god. You've literally never told me your age. <laughs> I don't know it. But yeah. Have you have you really never known your age? Yeah. That's amazing. No. I'm I sorry. told you I'm sorry. if I did. If I ah, it just well, it, like it wasn't I never thought about it, you know? It just never, yeah, never really fair. came up. I guess like I guess if I guess if you get like grow a beard at a young age and can go into bars whenever yeah, Exactly. It, you probably don't get carded when you already look like Sometimes you drink to forget and what I forgot was my age. 
That's the first thing that you forgot. Yeah, yeah. The first, like, the first like drink that. you had, you're like, let me just get that one out of there right away. Yeah, took one shot. Yeah. I was like, how old am I? Yeah, it, it doesn't matter. I'm fine. Sure. But yeah, she's got a full camera system, holograms, all kinds of stuff. So I, I can't go on these adventures on my own. So, you know, she's going to be doing it for me. Well, that's, that's really amazing, honestly. I think you did a really good job. Yeah. So can I get you a coffee? Yeah, absolutely. That'd be nice. As Rip uh, shows off his his uh, masterwork and begins putting the guns through their paces, uh, the two friends again bond and share stories old and new. And one of Rip's other uh, inventions, the radio, clicks on, and uh, many of Gr- uh, Grand Handsome's greatest hits filter through as the night drags on. Forty years after the watershed moments that uh, define the end of the 13th age, uh, we see a university uh, of sorts, a class of people learning history uh, collected around one of uh, several dozen uh, cubic monuments uh, scattered around the empire to figures of... uh, Uh, the 13th age and many other ages past peoples places and uh, the great icons of uh, times gone by each one seems to be uh, has a a great uh, uh, resemblance to the first that that, uh, lies over the former abyss but this is one for this one is dedicated to the disappearance of the High Druid. Uh, and how no one knows where they went at the end of the 13th age. They vanished into the ether, and it describes their life story over the past five ages. So we, we have this uh, expeditionary uh, university take, t- taking notes, and uh, they're discussing what they're learning, uh, people are proposing uh, theories. One person is trying to connect uh, the dots between this and the tales of a series of pa- uh, the druid triad that uh, held an iconic position in a past age. That uh, that cubic monument is about twelve to, to fifteen miles away from this place. Uh, and clearly these monuments, uh, as they rise, have become records. They, they are uh, the history of an ancient people that they did not have. Uh, while a library contains a lot of information in a small place, this is sort of like picking that up and shaking it out across the empire. But as for the many themselves, no one is quite sure where they went. They've clearly been building these. But now that they've finished, at least they seem to have finished, 
No one knows where they have gone now. The many hasn't been seen in like three or four years. Fifty years from a day surprisingly alike any other when you simply count the miracles that occurred for people all around the world, there seems to be an increasing incidence of noisy, cheerful bands in purple cloaks. People call them the violets, for the color and the tendency to bloom from nowhere. Artists, musicians, writers, poets, troubadours, prostitutes, sculptors, and chefs. A boisterous bunch who seem determined to spread joy and cheer. Ah, but wait. Who is the calm figure in grey amongst the garish fields who spreads benedictions and blessings in the name of the lost cathedral? And why, pray tell, do these smiling faces vanish when the violets return to their own camps, speaking quietly, not quietly enough, on the lost castle of the sky, a weapon hidden by mandate of one named Zenny? The violets argue, what is the best way to save undead? Must they keep up this peaceful facade? There is tension beneath the surface of joy. But then, what is celebration without tension? What's a party without discord? What's life without death? 150 years, 500 years, thousands of years later, life goes on, loud and colorful and messy and wonderful, full of discordant rogue elements that collide with titanic impact, family and friends, the beloved and the hated, paths intersect, rebound and part, perhaps never to meet again, but guaranteed to continue on their own. Life goes on. The journey continues. The world, our existence on it, has not been solved, explained, or mapped, and never will be. That's the beauty. Moneybot, who would you like to thank uh, now at the end of this four-year project? What the fuck? Four fucking... What the... Shit. I know. I know, right? I know. Piss. And vinegar. Um, shit, Ironicus, you've, you've been dealing with our complete chucklefuck characters just, just causing a ruckus for four years. I caused my share of ruckus. Rockets. You doing doing all the all the AV heavy lifting? Holy shit! I'm down here in the pit. You're in the pit, and the pit's full of scorpions. And somehow you like no matter how many scorpions are in there with you, you defeat I all of them. I tamed them. They serve me now. Now, now you're in charge of the scorpions. We didn't even think that was possible. We thought that the only way out was like you know, one quantity of scorpions enters. 
and one other one non-scorpion enters, and only one of those two aforementioned groups gets to leave. But now, you you showed everyone. Now you're the you're the you're you're the scorpion. This is boss. the best scorpion-based flattery I've ever had. So thank you. All right. Um. You know all all my all my co-conspirators in uh in the party. I'd like to thank them. I'd like to thank um who else. Who, who gave me the idea for this character? I think it was you, Ironicus. Think back four years. Think back, like, look. I, I cannot remember what I had for, like. I do not. I do not know a dang thing, my dude. I do not remember a dang thing. Uh, thanks to everyone who would post cool wacky stuff in the thread or twitter or the tumblr uh thanks thanks for the music thanks thanks for the theme of metallic orb yeah thylacinus yeah how about yeah. dirty sandwiches for Thank a you. one and only animated sequence featuring mint gelato holy shit that was that was good i who, who, man who made I'd the like arcano matrices fan oh game? yeah that was cabinaw thank you yeah. to cabinaw esports hero uh gycl member i think between those two mint gelato has the single highest like per capita fan art power people fucking fan games holy shit people love the moon everyone really likes the moon and that's why i uh, took it and left <laughs> and it's like thanks well, to everybody who reignited the thread wondering what the heart of the moon could be a while yeah, back that was that was good you know okay uh is there anything else you'd like to say before we move on I'd like to apologize <laughs> just in general and also specifically for um, this is sort of a bad habit I have in role-playing games and it's it's I just sort of play you know chaotic asshole every time so I apologize for running that one into the ground yet again um, yeah so, you know, that's. I think I'm gonna need to take take some time away from from the from from elf gaming and similar. Just, you know, I think, yeah, just gonna need to to take some time away from that. Well, on the other hand, I would like to thank you for joining the game. Uh, before this game even was a game and, and being there from uh, day one, one of a small happy few and uh, bringing just a, a flavor that nobody else did I'm not sure anyone else would have been capable of if they tried, Mint was a joy uh, Mint's outlook was unique and uh, he's always consistent and strong and uh, I could always count on you as a player to make something happen uh, Mint does hate it when nothing happens. <laughs> yes. Uh, even when I was looking for, whether I was looking for just uh, an event to occur to, to move things along, or just a statement that I think would uh, be memorable and, and hang in the air and, and we could just spin something out of. I love, I love Mint and I loved having you around. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Ironicus.
All right, uh, Liza, is there anyone you'd like to give a special thank you to here at the end of the campaign? Um, well, I said a lot of thank yous myself during the... The, the beginning of the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I was just, I was like running them off, and a lot of people were too, but I was, I was same, spitting out same, a lot of same. them. Um, so, so all of those still apply. Um, thank definitely thank you for for running this campaign i think i said that one before too but also thank you for for being patient with me especially when recording this last bit because that was i did a lot of preparation for it um a lot of a lot of a lot of writing to to get those scenes right so Mm -hmm. thanks for thanks for helping me and, and being patient with that but uh, yeah, just I don't know. Thanks, thanks everyone. That I think before, thank you everyone who's you know had a part in the campaign and the things surrounding the campaign, all the art and stuff. Okay. Well, before I let you go, I'd like to thank you for for joining in our game, uh, just making this campaign distinct and new from anything that uh, was put on any show before. And I'd especially like to thank you for. Nobody has been more invested in their character's life than you are in Bella, and it comes through so strongly, and it's so important to have that. It's really easy to be a fan of Bella because you are such a giant fan of Bella. Yeah, I think I was just about to say, like, because I am, like, a huge fan of Bella. Like, yeah. Bella, okay, so Tran was, like, my first tabletop character that I made in fucking who knows how long this is my first time i was playing tabletop again Mm -hmm. you know as an adult and um i she was just so genuinely cool to me and like i was so like disappointed that like i had to play something else when we were you know doing 13th age because like well i've played that character a bunch it would be cheap to do tran again even though i loved her so much and so um i take a while to get a, like attached to characters that I make so uh, especially if you're following like the like the first leg of uh, of this campaign I'm not I'm not terribly invested in Bella because I couldn't figure out you know what was up with her but it really started to take shape um, near the end of adventure tier and then just from that point on I would kind of start being like really really into just how cool she was and how like I wanted mm-hmm. her story like I wanted to do as much as I could to make her story cool and to make her effect on the overall story really cool i don't think anybody had as much of an internal life or a as much of an off-camera life as bella did and uh that that's something that added so much and uh i'm sure people are hearing this after the endings and if y'all didn't get a little choked up in that (laughs) wedding scene you're a fucking liar (laughs) (laughs) i really okay that those few lines took me a while to write it's really really hard to write fucking wedding vows for your you know your queer characters in a recorded tabletop podcast kind of situation it was hard <laughs> I labored well, those lines all day all this to say thank you so much for for playing with us thank you for joining us uh sticking through this whole extensive and expansive journey we've all been on together thank you of course thank you too all right so do you have any special thank yous for the folks 
Yes, I would like to thank everyone who's listened to the podcast and who's told me that it's been like a big part of uh, their daily routine. Uh, everyone who's said that uh, it's been important to them to listen to it. Um, I want to also thank all the people who've made fan art and all the people who made music and uh, helped with the website and uh, let's see some particular people. Uh, I really want to thank uh, Wolfshirt, who was with us for a good while. Um, I want to thank uh, Ashlyn, who did a lot of uh, work with our uh, other podcast stuff, doing some audio editing. Uh, I also uh, would like to thank you guys for having me in the podcast. Oh, well, we wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah, and I think this uh, been like the longest project I've ever been a part of for Let's Plays or just like anything in general and it saw me through some pretty dark periods of my life and it's kind of sad that just as I'm sort of coming out of that period this is coming to an end but I'm just head in the ending you know one journey ends and another begins so I'm happy that we finally got to finish a game <laughs> Well, while I've got you here, I'd like to thank you uh, for being there from the beginning, for always being reliable, and I'd like to thank you for the amount of care and thought you've put into your work, into Scarlet. Uh, I know you often get down on yourself, there's a lot of self-criticism, but that tells me that uh, it comes from a commitment to self-improvement and uh, just really being invested in what you're doing. So I'm, I'm happy to help. I, it doesn't bother me a bit uh, because I, I know that at its root, it's just a sign that you want to make something great. And I, I really appreciate that. So thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you. I would like to thank you for joining us all this time. Uh, thank you for being part of this game the whole way through and for a large majority of the the uh dnd campaign that came before it uh and i guess from the the never podcasted campaign you ran yeah. you, you are in part responsible for for bringing nate and eliza into our group which has obviously been fantastic uh but mostly i'd like to thank you for margaret who's just such a perfect counterpoint to everything going on, a great foil to every character in the party. Uh, the, the real strength being in sort of a straight man that is herself just as ridiculous as the characters she's contrasting. <laughs> and uh, even with all the trouble that scheduling uh, was at times, uh, sessions with you there are always better than sessions without you. So I'd like to thank you so much for every single one of them. That's really, it's really kind of you to say, you know, I mean, I've, I've really, I've really enjoyed the campaign a lot. I just, well, I enjoy the LPD and LPD and D too, but this one probably had a, was probably had a lot more, I guess, uh, high points in that one. Uh, and you know. I, you know, there have been times that I've had, you know, reservations about Margaret and, like, about how I did her character in terms of, like, how she, uh, I don't know, how, um, if she was kind of boring compared to everybody else or, you know, periods where I felt she was pretty lackluster. But, you know, I think it turned out pretty good in the end, I guess. 
And yeah, everybody hope... loves Margaret. Every listener loves Margaret. This I is so. undeniable. <laughs> and yeah, I hope uh, you know. Hope we do more tabletop stuff in the future. Stuff in the future. And uh, I guess there's not much more to say. I've just well, it's you know, it's been a lot, lot of fun all the way through. And I, mm-hmm. I'm really glad people liked Margaret. I you know, I never, I always expected that she would be kind of like the least popular character in the campaign, but it ended up really being the case. So, and you know. I I hope I can uh, do something even better in whatever happens next. So, uh, Nate, do you have any thank yous you'd like to share here at the end of the campaign? Oh my god, like, everybody! Like, we have had such, like, an outpouring of fans, like, through the whole thing. Like, I, I was always, from, like, the beginning, just kind of blown away by how many people cared about this silly little story we've been telling for years now. Um, other than that, like, just... Well, everybody that's done music for us. Everybody that's done art. And, like, I mean... I know this this feels a little, like cheesy to say but everybody like we made so many friends doing this and like the, the like six feet under family as it is has like grown so much so that that's that's mine that's my shout out okay. well thank you and uh while i've got you here i'd like to thank you for joining in this campaign making uh 13th age a distinct and new uh campaign with a new direction and I'd definitely like to thank you for bringing Rip to us all. Uh, I would for anything. Rip never made the safe choice. I think, uh, like, just going back to just chopping his hand off right there, no questions asked, yeah. is a defining moment that, that I think uh, y- you can sum up so much of our entire four-year campaign. Yeah, right it worked out pretty well decision. for him, too, didn't it? <laughs> like in the long run like I mean sure he lost a couple of recoveries right then but like in the long run that worked out pretty well for him pretty, pretty well pretty quick he swapped that thing out for a, like a built in musical grappling hook so, so so thank you thank you so uh what are your special thank yous that you'd like to get on record well definitely i want to say special thanks to all you guys for inviting me on in the first place because that was oh really that's cool. so kind yeah that was very cool of you and i've had a blast playing with all of you uh special thanks especially to x for all the hard work that they do keeping all of this running i'm gonna just say special thanks to like clove and maddie for being awesome all the time mm-hmm. and doing art and such they're cool. I don't think Addie has actually done anything for Six Feet Under, but that's okay. Special thanks to her anyway. Yeah, yet. <laughs> we can fix this. Okay. Well, I'd like to thank you uh, for bringing the many and that new dynamic to the game. Uh, really opening up the ancient past as a thing we can explore in the world, which is a, a shade we didn't really have before the many. I had fun with it. I mean, we sort we frankly, to, to be fair, we sort of did with slots, but I think that the many 
uh, brought that in a bigger and uh, unique way. Yeah. I'd like to thank you for uh, everything you did before joining the game proper. What listeners might not know is that you were a sounding board for so many of my ideas. <laughs> like, anytime I, I had something like, okay, I think this is cool in my head, but I should share it with someone else who knows games and has uh, uh, been doing this a lot longer than me, uh, you were the person I went to. <laughs> The number one thing that stands out for me is the Mammon piloted Tarrasque. Yes. That was a fun idea yeah. that I was like, yeah, definitely do that. Let's get a robot demon in here. Uh, and plenty of other uh, uh, examples. Yeah. Uh, so I was in a small way kind of sad when you joined the campaign <laughs> because... I ruined it. Now that would be spoilers. Uh, <laughs> I'm not too bothered so, by spoilers. So I, had go, I had to go elsewhere. Uh, so just thank you for everything. Uh, this game would not have been the same without you. And you made so many great moments possible. Thank you. Special thanks to Ironicus for running this whole dang mess. <laughs> Straight into the ground. Uh, <laughs> uh. I would like to thank primarily Thylacinus Thylacine, who made a vast majority of the music used in the 13th Age, including the music you're listening to right now, which I believe is being scored live. That pause is for a little piano flourish I hope was taken advantage of. I'd also like to thank other musicians, including Fuzzy Proxy, possibly C.W. O'Boyle, Birch, Coda, and Boktai. Yes, that's right. The Game Boy Advance game, Boktai. Did you know that our jingles at the beginning and end of every episode are just kinda remixed and inspired by certain tunes from Boktai? Yes, I planned it like that all along. I'd also like to thank all our fans, especially the ones who have acknowledged our podcast and especially our recent work on it as queer and trans friendly. Uh, it's sentiments like that that have helped me to start transition, so thank you. Editing and administering this project was never easy, but I hope you'll agree it was worth it. While you're here, I'd like to give you a very uh, personal thank you from the bottom of my heart, Ix. Uh, you were also there from day one with the uh, precursors to this campaign and lasted through the end. Very, very special, small group. Uh, and again, I, I always knew you could handle any curveball I threw at you because you threw them back twice as hard. <laughs> Nav was just a, a, a joy to play with and to see uh, sort of the, I don't know, the hero's journey from beyond the veil in a weird sense. It's, it's a unique concept that I think gave our campaign a, a very special flavor. And uh, it would be absolutely remiss to not thank you for your huge undertaking in obviously the editing, but also managing the Patreon. Uh, like you said, collaborating with our uh, uh, musicians and other artists, uh, you know, ha handling the patron rewards and also distributing the funds from that page. Uh, uh, LP13A would not be what it is without any one of our players, but I don't believe it would exist without you. So thank you so much. Thank you. Now the one drawback of uh, thanking 
each of my players for their part in this fantastic thing we've put together is that not every player in Let's Play the 13th Age is a current player of Let's Play the 13th Age. So here's a few more individual thank yous to players uh, who weren't with us uh, all the way to the end. Ali and Serg, uh, you were there from the beginning. Before there was Let's Play the 13th Age, there was Let's Play Test. Uh, you were, I mean, back there all the way from the, the early days of LPD&D. Uh, thank you for giving us our start. Thank you for uh, giving us uh, plot lines and, and aspects about the world that still shaped play long, long after your characters went off on their own. And I can only hope that uh, I did them justice when they showed up as NPCs. Also, Serg specifically, I'd like to thank you so much for being my very first DM. Uh, I like to thank I've developed uh, in my own way and taken influences and guidance from a lot of sources but you never forget your first and uh, i'm always building off that foundation of your example so thank you so so much and that brings me to wolfshirt uh, manuel was again just a joy to play with uh, came in the middle and mixed things up in a, a really fun way just uh I think, Wolfshirt, your greatest skill in uh, an RPG is to turn what anybody else would see as a one-note character and make them so three-dimensional and so real uh, that like, you can sum up Manuel in just a few words, but it's always going to lose so much in the, the translation. He's fantastic, and you were so much fun to play with but I wanted to save you for last because uh, while this game did come in a large part from LPD&D that would not have existed without you starting it I would never have played a tabletop game in my life if it weren't for you and now uh, with the way this game has grown and uh, all of six feet under and uh, all the non feats games I've played in my life. I, I owe this hobby of mine entirely to you. So whether you want to count that as credit or blame, thank you. Thank you so much.